Mage the Ascension, the Victorian Age is a podcast intended for mature audiences. It contains scenes of horror, sexuality, and violence that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Dork Tales presents Mage the Ascension, the Victorian Age. Book One, The Devil and the Doves. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mage the Ascension, the Victorian Age, here on Dork Tales. I hope you're all doing well tonight. Uh, how are you all doing? Pretty good? Good. Happy to be I'm back. I'm alive. <laughs> all right. Hey, Seems thank alive. you. Thank you so much. Uh, so if you've been wondering where Mage has been for the past seven months uh it is uh we had a series of unfortunate events occur what they were or whether we were planning to go on a break anyway uh then we had a catastrophic flood in british columbia which took jen's house away um and destroyed most of your property most of your possessions um about ten thousand dollars worth of property so and that's that's like just like personal possessions that's not yeah. like yeah uh, so then you recently, so you've been going from like Airbnb to Airbnb seeking to put right what once went wrong, like Sam Beckett. Yeah, um, pretty much. And, um, uh, and then we were supposed to start a little while ago, but then, um, we had, um, we've had a pair of family emergencies, um, including a passing. And then as soon as we were ready last week, Christine got COVID. So, and is still recovering, but is, is well enough to appear on camera, uh, for a bit tonight. Uh, so thank you so much, Christine, for for uh, for being here. I will remain muted most of the time so you don't have to hear me cough. <laughs> All right. So we have a lot to cover tonight. So I'm going to jump into this in just one second. Um, so first of all, hello everybody, welcome. This is Made the Ascension of the Victorian Age. I'm your storyteller, Kelly. Now you see in him. And I am very excited and a little bit nervous to get back into this after a long hiatus, like I always am. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that tonight's episode is set in the world of darkness. It is a mature game, which means that there will be themes and elements here that could be um, difficult for some people. There are, there are themes of horror, there are themes of sexuality that appear in this. We're going to try to keep this nice and like rated R cable TV show level, um, but that means that there may be things here that will crop up that we cannot necessarily provide content warnings for. Anything extreme, I absolutely will, uh, but that is my definition of extremeness, not necessarily yours. So if you need some time, take it. We'll be here when you get back. Um, besides that, um, I will say that we've talked about this a number of times in the past. If you're joining us new uh, right now, this is set in the late Victorian era in the 1890s, which means that there is a lot of sexism in this game uh, that the players, if you notice, I'm the only guy on the cast uh, and the players have all asked for this literally by word. Like they have all specifically asked for it. So um, I will do my best. And uh, if you need me to straw man harder, I will everybody. Uh, so with that, let's do a quick round of introductions and then I'll catch you all up on what's been happening or what happened right before the break. Uh, let's go around. Uh, Christine, can you start us off? All right. Hello, I'm Christine. I use she, her pronouns. And tonight I play Dr. Evelyn Taylor. Um, trying to remember what all the things were. There's a lot to look over. Um, what the hell is she part of? Uh, she's part of the Electrodyne Engineers, I believe. Right. Electrodyne. That's the word for it. I was Future... trying to think of like, it's a mad scientist. I know that. 
Yeah, in the future, it'll be the um, the uh, the Sons of Ether or the Society of Ether. I'm trying to remember all the different things I need to have open for this. It's true. I, I need to actually open a copy of um, the Nine Spheres as well. I've got two copies of the Mage Book alone. Um, so yes, you are a um, a user of forces and or pardon me, uh, matter and a couple of other things, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Matter and entropy were my mains, and during our little retrospective, I did buy up Prime at the end, which okay. I think I still have to learn, but I you paid for it. Mm -hmm. But your mentor will be able to teach that to you, so that shouldn't be yeah. a problem at all. So over the next couple of sessions, I guess I'll get access to it. Sounds good. Is there anything that you need to say, or should we pass it on to Amy? Nope, I think that's good. All right, Amy. Hi, I'm Amy. Um, I use she, her, they, them pronouns, and I am playing uh, Chastity Prudence Goodwin, the... Uh, uh, what is it called? Dual tradition, split tradition, dual, whatever it's called, in that she is both a member of the Celestial Chorus and a member of the Cult of Ecstasy. Nice. Yes. All right. Let's pass down to Jen. Hey, I'm Jen, and uh, tonight I play Josephine Carrington, or Josie, or her really long name that I didn't pull up, so I'm not going to try it off the cuff. <laughs> Um, and she is a member of the Order of Hermes, uh, mostly dealing with forces and with a little bit of correspondence and prime in there. Nice. All right. And then finally, Robin, we're back to you. Hello, everyone. I'm Robin. Are you she, her, or they, them pronouns? And I'm playing Darcy Harkness, our um, member of the Verbena. Um, I apologize. I've been trying to repractice my Irish accent all day. Um, so... Bear with me as I slide into that accent again, because it's been a hot minute. It's, um, been, it's been seven months of hot minutes. Yeah, it's been a lot of minutes. Um, it's been yes, one yeah. minute, seven months. But yeah, she is life primarily, and then forces and uh, prime as well. Nice. All right, so folks, if you joined us last time, what you know is that the characters have all ended up together in London, where they have forged some bonds together around, well, some murder mysteries, uh, an angry ghost, also a murder mystery, technically, um, and uh, have been pulled into some Jack the Ripper-style killings that culminated in the destruction of the Crystal Gardens uh, some decades before it actually burned down. Um, altering the timeline forever. Uh, however, in doing so, um, uh, they also have come across a magic box uh, that they opened last game, or that opened itself after doing some weird sci-fi junk. Um, and uh, that is where we ended game with them talking to a hologram from the future. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff to go on here. There's a large cast list. Um, and if you're on Patreon right now, you're getting regular doses of our intro fiction. Speaking of which, in just a moment, I'm going to read off a little piece of intro fiction to get us into the mindset and get us into the setting and to maybe expand a little bit on some of the background of things. Now, before we begin, does anybody have any questions about anything? I don't, I don't think so. Think so. Not no, say yet. Thank you to the two people. I, ran, I think it's random and Professor Multiverse that bought us XP. Yeah, right, please. Beginning of the game, so thank you. Buy them some experience. Do it. Oh, you wanted <clears> to <throat> ask for our paradox as well. Oh yes, thank you so much. Thank you. For, I, I did ask you to remind me. So uh, <laughs> I need everybody's current paradox. So uh, I'm going to go around. Christine. Do you have uh, any? Looks like it's at three. 
Perfect. All right. Uh, Chastity, what do we got? I also appear to be at three. Josephine. I'm not sure, but I think mine might have cleared. I think you're at zero. I think that you burned it because you were the only one that didn't have any. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and yeah. I think Darcy has one. Yep, Darcy yeah. has one. She had just blown some the last episode as well. Okay, so that's good to know. Uh, for those of you who don't know Mage the Ascension at all, don't worry. You'll catch up. I guarantee it. Okay. Um, a little nervous to be heading back into this, but better jump in with both feet, right? Yes. Then let's do this. <clears throat> Let me just loosen the tie a little bit. There we go. <clears throat> also, Jen, it took forever for me to get to your fiction, but... Uh, well, seven months. <laughs> seven months. Yeah, and it's the longest by far. So out <laughs> of the, the accrued fiction at this point, which is 5,800 words of pre-fiction, you are a quarter of that. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so with that, welcome back to Mage the Ascension of the Victorian Age. Beyond our world lies a place at the cutting edge of human imagination known as Concordia. A world constructed of the deepest desires of the soul. A convergence of beliefs, aesthetics, and visions united by one shared ethos. Magic. And yet... Despite its place at the furthest edge of humanity's reach, it is not without fault. For no matter how great our successes, we must always come along for the ride, bringing with us all that we wish we could overcome. The grand halls of the Forces District were as immaculate as ever, swept, mopped, and polished by hundreds of invisible servants composed of the elements. The golden tiles were shined to a mirror sheen and glittered with afternoon starfire as Josephine tried to keep her eyes on her own hazy reflection. It had been a week since her initiation and accepting of her true name, but she knew she still had so much to learn. As such, she had taken to doubling her studies, and had been on the way home from the library when she had come across a pair of familiar faces. Her parents, who had insisted upon taking her to lunch in the pavilion. Unable to excuse herself, she agreed. Josephine had hoped to make it home before the inevitable conflict that would come, but, as with whenever she ate with her parents these days, the situation escalated in dramatic fashion. "'You cannot be serious,' her father gasped out in a stage whisper. They were not alone when the fight had begun, and though Patrick had no wish to air his family's dirty laundry publicly, he knew that if he was not the first to act, his wife would be, and that would be much, much worse.' I'm quite serious, Josephine said, quietly chewing her words. She clutched the stack of books closer to her chest and felt it begin to shake. Quite serious indeed. Really, Azzy, her mother chided, fiery temper peeking through the veneer of a tense smile. Earth, of all places, I thought we'd been able to dissuade you from such foolish notions. Josephine watched her reflection's face darken. Her lip trembled with rage, and she fought to keep her tone flat. Master Ignatius says that there is no greater experience than that which we earn with sweat and— Oh, bugger, your Master Ignatius! Her mother erupted. With the speed of a striking snake, she snatched a book from the core of the stack at Josephine's breast. There, hidden between copies of a treaty on elementary pyromancy and a user's guide to levitation, was a simple brown book, bearing its title in hand-written script. Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. 
Josephine shrieked and dove for the book, but her mother was quicker. Her father feebly reached his own hand out to interject, but he was... He knew there was too much in motion. Her mother continued, This has nothing to do with your studies and everything to do with you filling your brain with this trash. We taught you better than that, Azure. To punctuate her point, her mother hurled the book to the floor, where it skidded and shot off like a skipping stone, coming to rest at a nearby pillar. It was the last straw. Josephine stamped the heel of her boot down into the golden tiles with such a ferocity that those present feared they might shatter, and yelled, My name is Josephine Hazel Carrington Banitharsis, and I would be called that. Her mother's eyes bulged so wide that it seemed they might try to escape her face. A dark, burned red swelled on the cheeks of both women as they locked eyes in a battle of wills. The air teemed with electricity, ready to erupt. And then, a calm, scratchy voice pierced the silence. Ah, I love this book. The trio turned to see that the dozens in the halls avoiding their scene. Among them, a lone man stepped forward and picked up the discarded book. He was old, unkempt, with long, dark hair hanging limply around a homely face in need of a wash and a shave. A pair of round silver spectacles hung off the bend of his nose where it had once been broken. His clothes were outdated, coat long and cut in a fashion nearly a hundred years out of favor, even in Concordia. I believe you dropped this, miss. The old mage smiled and handed Josephine back her book. Her parents, jolted by this movement, stepped back and bowed deeply. Might I have a moment of your time? Josephine nodded her assent. Yes, of course. Her father stammered. Of course, Mr. P... Alone, if you wouldn't mind, the mage added. Her parents darted their eyes back and forth between Josephine and the mage, then excused themselves and reluctantly departed whispering promises to finish this later at home. When they were finally gone, the old man beamed. So, you like the book? Josephine swallowed thickly. Yes, loved it. You've read it as well? Oh, yes. Three times. Quite the tale. You're right to defend its merits, Josephine Carrington Banitharsis. You know my name. He laughed. A sound not dissimilar to a crow being strangled. <laughs> My dear, after shouting it for the entire forces district, I doubt there are a few present who don't. Well, that was... She flushed. We are all young once, if we're lucky. Most of us are not so unfortunate to awaken under the watchful eye of our parents. They care for you, you know, though perhaps a bit too much. I wish they understood that I need to walk my own path. They will, once you've walked it, though I fear not a moment sooner. He held the book out to her, running a talonous finger along the well-loved and worn length of its spine. Josephine reached out to take it, but when he did not release it, she met his eyes. Instead, he asked... I lead the way into the unknown and bring strength where there is fear. I am the creator of invention and the maker of all adventure. What am I? Curiosity, she said after a brief pause. And let your sails always be filled with its wind. He smiled and released the book, thanked her for her time, and departed as quickly as he'd arrived.
leaving her to wonder what had just happened. As he rounded the corner, a taller man greeted him. Ah, Master Porthos. I see you've met my student. Ah, Master Ignatius. I wondered where you'd gotten off to. Quite lively, that one. Yes, Master. She's... The type of trouble that befits a mage of House Tharsis. The older mage nodded and put an arm on Ignatius's own. Well, I don't believe we'll keep her from Earth for long unless her parents have their way. Ignatius grinned. Oh, I wouldn't worry. I'll sway them yet. I do hope so. Porthos Fitzemperus smiled. There's room for a bit more adventure down there yet. There you go, Jen. You got that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and anybody who knows Mage is freaking out a little. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You got some Porthos action. Everybody <laughs> loves that. It's All right. Good. Yes, and he's a he's a grand poobah. He Mage. is the he is the token character for the Order of Hermes. Uh, he's he's their Dumbledore. Ah. Uh. Sitting around the seance table, the morning after the fire. The box scans each of you with a bit of blue light, a beam that courses over each of your eyes, recognizing each of your names, reciting them to you. Confirmed. Josephine Carrington, confirmed. Darcy Harkness, confirmed. Chastity Goodwin, confirmed. Dr. Evelyn Taylor. The blue light that erupted formed the shape of a man. Small, small enough that you could pluck him up with your fingers were he not composed of light. Some type of strange ephemeral being, a spirit, a fairy, something before you. In this day and age, perhaps maybe maybe a holograph. Those did exist then, at least in some circles. The man was portly, dressed in a simple jumper affixed by some some length of metal along the front. A high-necked sweater. With a full, jowly face, he leaned forward, confused. Hello? Is this thing on? Okay, calculations are correct. This should be 1890. The image warbles slightly. Okay, anyway. Hello. I hope this message reaches you well. My name is Thomas Klein. I'm a member of what will someday be known as uh, Iteration X um, from the, the, the Technocratic Union. Kind of, sort of. Um, what you hold in your hands is my life's work. Also, sort of. Many lives, many, many variants. I'll get down to brass tacks. I need you to help me save the world. You mind? No? Good. Let's get started. I don't have long. But let's just say that the basic rule of time travel is that it's not possible. The time is inviolable. And yet, apparently it has been, because when I created this iteration of this device, it was the year 2020. And here it is, sometime in the end of the 19th century. 
it is only by some type of statistical providence that the device ended up in your hands rather than theirs. And so I'm asking two things of you. First, keep it safe, please. It's so much better in your hands than in theirs. I mean, I, I honestly would prefer it not even be in your hands given the, the catastrophic... I'm getting off topic. Keep it safe. And second... I need you to get this to someone even safer than you. There's a man I need you to find. Dr. Gilbert Saxon. He's a member of the Guild of Analytical Reckoners in London. But in about 90 years, he is going to be my mentor. I trust him. He's one of the only people I trust as much as myself. He'll know what to do. Even if he doesn't know it yet oh and don't try to talk to me i should have mentioned that first i'm basically a recording with some very limited ai you have no idea what i had to do to get this but if you need to do it you don't know what ai is um i'm little more than a phonograph if you want more answers find dr saxon thanks the future's up to you, I guess. Oh, that sounds after school special. Good luck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke the image. It's going to go, and it's gonna go dead. Teddy looks over. Did you kill him? Maybe. Oh, oh, oh. Evelyn's gonna start poking and looking at the box. It is. He, he was from the future. Yeah, that was weird. Well, I, I suppose it makes some sense. Um, if you can. I mean, he wasn't dressed like anything. Fashion from this. Who was wearing some weird clothes, but. He wasn't even dressed like anyone I've seen in Concordia. They're usually slightly off of Earth. Can you turn her back on? Maybe we can talk to him again. Evelyn, I would like you to do me, if you're just doing a quick look at the box with your, mm -hmm. with your like, normal traits, please make me an intelligence or perception, your choice, and mm -hmm. crafts roll. You could also use science metallurgy or something like that if you had it, but si crafts is probably the best. Um, if you have access to, I don't think technology is on the Victorian era sheet. It is. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, so I have technology. So technology. I do not have crafts. Technology would be fine. Okay. And doesn't matter to me which perception or int, they're both the same. Sounds good. If your specialties apply, then it might be a little different, but that's about it. Uh, no specialty. Okay. So, okay, and, those and that was, let, remind me now how this goes. It's, I roll that number of dice, correct? You're roll that, so you roll the number of dice, and this is going to be against a difficulty of seven. Be, ooh, this is going to be a difficulty of eight, because this is a material that you have never come across before. Okay, so I want eight or higher. You want eights or higher. And tens do not explode unless I have a skill, right? Or specialty? Unless you have a specialty, right. Okay. And you would have and, to have a four in something before you have a specialty. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have no specialties. 
It's been a while since we played mage. But Do attributes get specialties? Everything, get, even spheres get specialties. The only thing that okay, doesn't so is Okay, so I need to figure attack. out two for our attributes then, because I didn't, I thought it was just skills. Oh, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. But Okay, because I need one for perception and intelligence then. Okay. I would assume perception uh, would be something like details for you. Three, three successes. Okay, any of them tens? One. No, two. Two? Okay. Is detail-oriented something for perception, maybe? Sorry? Detail-oriented? Sure. That makes sense okay. for her. All right. So go ahead and re-roll those tens, then. So write that down on your line. Uh, one more success. One more success. So four successes. Okay. Um, so those of you that had prime side off, I'm pretty sure Darcy did uh, at the very least, and uh, I'm pretty sure that Charity um, did. I think Chas had um, time... So this definitely ha is is undulating with, um, uh, well, it was. So those of you that have, have prime side up, you'll see Evelyn begins like tinkering and poking at this around the edges. This is, was glowing with a strong, strong amount of quintessential energy. It was radiating both prime uh, as well as um, uh, prime and time. Uh, and those of you that have spirit as well would have been detecting that with prime sight. Um, however, when when Josephine pokes the little man and the device goes, uh, the prime signature just fades off immediately. So prime sight no longer is functional on this. However, if you were using time sight on this specifically, uh, looking at it, you are going to see that there is looking at this is kind of like looking at an old crt television with really bad vertical hold with your time sight it's nice. like it hurts your eyes to look at with time sight there this is kind of wrong and it's kind of like looking at it is it's giving you a strange effect I'm thinking of, have you ever been in a haunted house, Amy? The ones where they spray paint things in those day glow colors that make your color vision distort? Vaguely. So when you look at this with time sight, it stands out from the background in a way that is straining on your eyes. Hmm. In a dark room, this would be day glow. Uh, so, uh, Evelyn, as you are poking around with it, um, you are going to note a couple things. Number one, this appears to be some type of metal alloy that is stronger than any... Are you poking at it with tools, trying to scratch it with anything? Oh, yeah. Like, she'll... If, like, a quick look is kind of like, hmm, okay. She'll pull, like, her full kit out and start You cannot scratch it. its surface. Um, there are some painted marks on it, it looks like, um, where, like, the, the D-O-V-E writing mm -hmm. is uh that is scrapable you can scratch the paint job um but the actual metal is harder than your tools so it's harder than steel with that um you now heard... i know that josephine is order of hermes yes and they use a lot of gems and stuff like that yes i'm going to ask if she has any um josephine do you have anything hard, like gem-wise? More metal, I anything might. harder than give, steel? Give me a second. 
Or anything that I can experiment with, please. And she's going to pull out her notebook and start making notes on what manages to scratch or not scratch the surface. I have um, a couple of things. Your, your best bet would probably be the diamond dust. Yes, you hmm. could assemble that using matter into something with a, with a point. I was going to say, can I use matter to like make it into like a little thin needle or something? How would you do that? Do you have like, like is there like some, some magnetism you do? Like a spray? I would probably have to make something up as I go, which would be um, opening up my little kit of chemicals mm. and start measuring drops and drips and... Okay, well, a little bit of that for that property and okay. that. Okay, give me an Arete roll. Um, and then probably a sprinkle of some sort of gum or something to... Sounds good. Uh, and so then it'll evaporate away and there it is. This is basically just going to be a shape matter, so it's going to be a uh, difficulty of five, please. Yeah, is that... So you take your Arete um, dice. So that is a rote for me. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So uh, rotes were... object? Yeah, we were only using rotes for concentration penalties. Okay, cool. So, I can never remember exactly how uh, it works. There's but, too many different rules. But you have a specialty focus for matter, which can be included. So it could be difficulty four if you don't use that. I forget what your matter focus is because it's been seven months. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, it's probably chemistry. Knowing, knowing you and your background. Well, that's what most of my matter things were. Yeah, so if you use chemistry, it's on. a minus one difficulty. Okay. And, and you literally, you need just like... Just an arete roll, right? Yeah. Arete? Yeah. Okay. I need more arete. I hate this three dice thing. Pay for seekings. Right. Everyone. Uh, Everyone that's one success then. One success? Okay, uh, so you'll be able to force it together for, for just basically a few seconds. Uh, and uh, in doing so, you can just go ahead and scratch it, and it will leave a gouge scratch. Hmm. Uh, so it will be able to scratch that. By the way, I also Googled it to make sure that it could. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Take, scratching a little bit of it off you could take some uh so you're actually going to be able to like scratch little flecks of it off uh you could take that to your chemistry kit and try to just do a, a mineral detection to figure out what it is using matter one yeah totally she'll try and catch yeah. that in a little piece of paper and she'll rip a little bit off of her notebook yeah you could do that it'll take a couple of minutes to go set that up but you absolutely um, she'll can. try and catch what remains of the diamond dust once it dis re-disintegrates and give it back it'll to it'll just basically like act like a cigarette all right she's gonna try and like have something under it knowing that that's gonna probably happen to try and catch it uh what are darcy and chastity doing during this i think chas is sort of watching and also kind of perplexed and thinking nearby Amelia will lean in. Yes, because she exists. Uh, I will say, who's the little blue man? I, I think he said his name was... 
Why is the Am little I? blue? Why is there a little blue man? You know, I'm not entirely sure on that one myself. But I think it has something to do with time travel. Um. Well, time travel's impossible, Teddy's gonna say. It's impossible. Well, I mean, it's improbable, definitely. Jazz is just gonna give him a sidelong look of like. Well, it's, it is! It's supposed to be. I mean, mm. evidently not. We have Mr. Blue Man from the future. I don't remember <sighs> any Blue Men. Well, I don't know who Mr. Blue Man is or whatever those groups that he was talking about were, but I think that it, it, it's got to be... Well, I just... Maybe it's real. Like... I don't know. If from, you can... can you go jump on Amelia's lap? I think she might need some comfort. What's that? When... Oh, she Darcy's talking to Bram, her her familiar, and she was like, "Go, go, jump on Amelia for comfort." All right, fine. The one-eyed cat will crawl up on Amelia's lap and go, "Meow." Oh, that nice cat. Hey, um, just just stay here for a second and and and, and pet the cat, okay? Yeah, he... I need to um. One second, and Chassie's gonna rather abruptly just like turn, grab Teddy's by the sleeve, and Oops. then grab Darcy by the other sleeve because uh, just kind of like huddle while they're the other two are doing their thing. So, you so, so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Traveling forward in time yeah we're doing that right now is possible yeah so why would traveling back in time not also be possible uh have you tried to unbake a pie have you tried to uneat a meal yeah it was really unpleasant yeah now try to uneat uh, all of them I don't know. It could be possible. I've only ever heard of this. Uh, have I ever heard of this? I'm going to roll to see if he's ever heard of this. One sec. Oh my god, he got a nine. I've only heard like one story of anybody who successfully jumped back and forth in time. And that was uh, Acrates. The, um, the, 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 the Sahagia from the first Cabal. Well, so it's possible. I mean, yeah, he had a permanent fart cloud for the rest of his life around him that I think melted people. I don't know. It was weird. Oh, wait. Natras, you said you're familiar with jumping forward in time. Do you just mean, like... Well, and I mean... I'm not... Hmm... Sort, sort of. Okay. Well, why? It's never really came up before. Hmm. Have, have, have you time traveled before? Like a few minutes. No, no, you're thinking about 
blackout episodes when you've had a little too much or you're tired. I have sped up and reversed the flow of time. Yes, but you, you existed in that time and experienced it during the time. She wasn't talking to me. She was talking to you. You're really pale right now, Chas. You're kind of nervous. Let's just say that when I said I wasn't from around New York, it, I didn't exactly you're going you're from you're from Massachusetts yes but Massachusetts wasn't really quite it wasn't Massachusetts when I left or yet uh, you mean it was Vermont what is Vermont no. it's next to Massachusetts no, I'm, I'm, I mean that I was in, I was there, I was in a church, and then... That's your first mistake. Everything was different when I blinked or woke up. And then nothing was the same anymore. Are you, are you saying you you traveled forward in time? But unless I was asleep for like You are a witch. <laughs> well Excuse yeah. me, I find my people find that quite derogatory. Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to appro uh, culturally appropriate, but she, she, she you can both be witches. Can I be a witch? Is a witch a gendered term? Am I a warlock? I don't think so. I think it's more the practices that you do. Am I a warlock? You'd be a warlock. What I'm trying to say is that if things can move forward in time, I think it was... Couple hundred years? You blinked forward a couple hundred years. Y yeah, yes. Hmm. Wow. I'm in. I'm way out of my league. Oh, the magic. That's not the point. The point is that clearly. If you could go forward, someone could come back. Time yes. is malleable. Because I should not exist now. Because I should be long dead. Well, yeah, but it's different going upriver. Right? It's right? That makes sense. Because, like, you change stuff, and then you don't have to, like... But what... If, I mean, if you think about that, she's... What, what would she have done? 
Well, anything that I would have impacted when I was there never got done because I wasn't there. Yeah, but what you did didn't happen. It's like, okay, so like when I was growing up, we, we, we had a maid, right? Like we had, we had Rosa. So, and Rosa would clean everything. She would like, she would bathe grandfather and all of that stuff. Right. But one day she was sick. Right. So she didn't get up. And so stuff didn't get done. Grandpa didn't get bathed. And then she was fine the next day and she got back to work. So it's the same with you. Like you just weren't there to do your bathing. I don't you, you, you weren't present so you couldn't have done anything in that time period is what I mean to say so it's not it's different than going back and adding things that because it's not like Rosa could okay the, the Rosa metaphor doesn't really work when we talk about going back in time I don't okay, I need a drink uh, uh, yeah, I mean the thing is, you can, you can swim up river. It's harder, but you can still do it. And then, you can redirect rivers. You just, I mean, are we talking about the way that physical river is, it, it, it flows? Or are we talking about the river itself and that putting barriers in it makes it changes it? Because if you just if you go up river you and can't... then just put a big boulder in the way, you redirect the river. Look, they did that in Chicago once, okay? That doesn't mean that you can redirect rivers everywhere. I mean, it's really difficult, but why would you not be able to do that with time if time is river? Because you would be crushed under the weight of the river, probably? probably this is, okay, we, we're we out of our league. I'm like a disciple of time, and you're like a disciple of time. We yep. need to talk to some experts about this. Like, who? Who? Yeah. I mean, other, other ecstatics, obviously. True. Um, I might, I might, I might know something. Uh, stay here. Nope. <laughs> I have an idea. Uh, and Teddy's going to turn and uh, honestly skip off. Jess is going to look at Darcy. Just I have no idea what's going on. Honestly, me neither. I've, I am a simple Irish girl from the countryside. I didn't even realize time travel was possible. I didn't even realize magic was that possible until six months ago. And now this. It's certainly been exci exciting getting to know you all. Yeah, but she's gonna point at the box that like that Evelyn's fiddling with. Mm -hmm. Evelyn's what? Evelyn's just starting to come back with her her like chemistry set and setting it up on a nearby table when I look at that with through the lens of time it is weird it is like that looks like someone stuck a boulder in a river type weird so, so you can still see it because I, I had um, 
prime in forces I could sense on that as well. But it, it was gone the second that she touched the blue man. It is gone. It's like it's been... It's no longer having that magic. But you can still see it. With, like, the weird time. Now, meanwhile, back at the table, Josephine, what are you doing since you touched the blue man and made him vanish? Evelyn's run off and got her chemistry kit and has set it up on a nearby table. It's pulling goggles on and... <laughs> I'm just interested in what apron. Evelyn's doing. Um... Because okay. I I had to find the diamond dust and then uh, so, Evelyn, last year turned it into things. Evelyn, can you give me an Arate roll? And Josephine, you could actually help with this weird alchemy if you wanted to try. Okay, yeah. Because it's just chemicals. That's alchemical processes. So yeah. if you want, you can roll your Arate as well. You're both looking at a difficulty of four. That's three successes, two of which were tens. Okay. Uh, aren't we re-rolling tens on Arate rolls alone? Oh, yeah, we were rolling. Oh, were we? We were yeah. on, uh, yeah, we were to make things chaotic. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I got three. Okay. Uh, that's two more successes, Holy so crap. five. Okay, so eight successes between you. Uh, so this box has a number of components in it, some very strange ones. As you are breaking down, it's um, once you know what to look for, basically like what the outer hull is made of, you can start using various techniques to try to, um, I want to say scan, but it's the wrong term for this era, to check its voltage, to check what it is inside based on structural resonance, tuning forks, things like that. The outer hull is a mix of an element known as titanium and a another that seems to be tungsten with a significant amount of carbon in it, like a carbide. Hmm. Now, tungsten, tungsten carbide is not particularly used in this day and age. In fact... Let's... Evelyn's going to make note of it, since it seems quite strong. Uh, it is, in fact, tungsten carbide. Um, doing a quick search, both of you are going to see that diamond is about the only thing that can scratch it. Mm-hmm. On the hardness index, it is... Um, is most hardness index at, around at this point? I forget. Uh, but um, I'm actually not sure. <laughs> I'm actually not sure if Moe's is as well. I have a feeling diamond implements were known to be a thing, or at least something that it was strong. Not necessarily that they were using it for stuff. Um, Uh, So what you will see is a number of things. For one, um, this is fan... 1822. 1822. Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, so this on the on Mo's is a just because I took geology and earth sciences, so it kind of uh, it is freaking hard, is what it is, uh, but not as hard as diamond. Um, inside though, you are going to discover that this is a um, there's a core at this, so it has a few other a few other things in it, as well as uh, what appear to be some isotopes. Um, you've only heard about this secondhand, but it is kind of reminding you of things 
that are similar to some experiments that are going on involving radium um, presently. Um, and polinium, which are right around this time period. I'm going to say that the technocracy or the order of reason is a little bit ahead of Marie Curie uh, on this. Um, but uh, tungsten is an H9, and so carbide would actually be like a little even higher, probably. Um, this has radioactive isotopes inside of it. Something inside is actually shedding energy. Kind of like um, certain battery cells that you've probably seen in Concordia and that you've probably seen in the Order of Reason. Now, they're still very rudimentary batteries in this day and age, even for the super science. We're not talking lithium ion. Um, but you're detecting um, little traces of uranium. You're detecting traces of... Um, titanium as I said as well as a strange material that um, appears to have no known element directly linked to the periodic table uh, now I need to ask do either of you have prime I do okay not yet <laughs> I'm working on it. So, uh, poking around at this, you are going to see that it has some strange... Using using matter magic. Um, you guys got eight successes. Um, I'm going to say that you pull enough information to know just to quickly investigate it with a little bit of prime. Put a couple of drops of, like, pure essence or something on top of it. Uh, I'm not going to make you roll for that. Uh, this is a material that is fused with quintessential energy. Fascinating. It's an inner lattice work that's doing this. There's also a number of other things. There's a little bit of gold, a little bit of silver, precious metals, anything you'd find on a circuit board, probably some platinum, a little bit of palladium probably. Uh, but for the most part, it is the tungsten carbide shell um, with some titanium meshing uh, as well as glass. There's some LED strips and panels, as well as um, some of the lenses inside of there are white sapphire refractor lenses. Um, overall, this is a very valuable box in terms of you could just sell its raw materials for pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, but looking at that, uh, yeah, um, you probably have not heard of something like this, but uh, a material that fuses natural natural materials with that of the quintessential what the modern day would call premium but who knows what they call in the victorian era because i couldn't find it there probably doesn't exist in in the victorian era yet so probably not you can never tell with the technocratic union though this is true but it's at least not widely available let's put it that way probably not known to a hermetic right like it's one of those yeah. like you're probably a little in the dark mm -hmm. Yeah, but I will. Um, if um, Josephine describes it, yeah, would Evelyn potentially have heard of it if it exists? I'm sorry. Would if Josephine describes it, would Evelyn potentially have heard I of it? I want you to make me. She is part of, um, or was. Can I? I can't remember the magic system very well right now, but hmm. is it possible for me to put Prime Sight on Evelyn? Yep, absolutely. It would cost you an extra success. 
Cool. And I'm I need you to do describe that so she can how, just see it. So how do how do you do this? Um, so I have my lovely my lovely powders, um, and I have one. I have gold, and I just uh, I tell her, uh, Evelyn, just close your eyes for a minute. I'm gonna help you be able to see this. All right. She's wearing her goggles still. These oh yeah. Actually, lenses. I could probably just do it on the goggles. <laughs> so I'll just okay. on the goggles. That um, sounds good. So. Put some gold there. Mutter some Latin. Go ahead. I want you to make a roll for this because you do have to get two successes. So this is going yeah. to be at a difficulty of uh, you're using your your own tools. So three. Your chance of failing is pretty low. Well, and I think of the three. two people who oh, could sorry, do four. this sort of thing to four each successes. other. It would be the Hermetic yep. and the Electrodyne because Hermetic stuff we is basically mad science. <laughs> We can connect on things like alchemy and stuff. There's just, they can be described on that level fairly easily. Yeah. There's some weird, uh, like, <laughs> theory behind what I do that you wouldn't... You'd be like, but this other logical thing... <laughs> yeah, so long as you don't talk a specifics, you can probably do it. Once you get too nitty-gritty, you'll stab each yeah. other. So, yeah, four successes. I feel so, like that could be very entertaining that one day. The others are just going to be sitting there baffled while Evelyn and Josephine discuss, like, the in-depth reason why things work. We had a whole argue. conversation about spirits. <laughs> so, um, to see if you would, Christine, do you have points in politics? No. <laughs> okay. Do you have points in... Uh, so, do you have technology? I will let you make an intelligence... I have technology and, and science. I will let you make an intelligence and science roll. Um, what is your science of choice? Um, I had not put one down okay. okay so in the meanwhile we'll say science uh difficulty of 10. okay uh don't forget one. the don't forget that one subtract so uh no okay one success one success um you've heard about theoretical things that have been discussed using um basically anti-magic materials thing uh, specifically quintessence infused or primal energy infused objects that naturally would be able to resist magical tampering. Okay. Similarly to how you could bless or charm an item or a person with magic, you can charm uh, a substance with it in order to make it resistance to outside forces. Seems like there's a core inside of this that is actual. Okay. It's essentially magical in some way. It's an it's innately fused with magical energy. Yes. Hmm. She wants to take this whole thing apart. <laughs> you have no idea how. Nope, but she wants to. All right. Meanwhile, on the other side of the room, um, what are you two doing? Just watching them like scratch and like little like booms of smoke coming up off of this table i probably I have a little point... like structure of glass bulbs and tubing and stuff that i'm putting different amounts in i think at some point darcy's probably going to go to the kitchen and try and scrounge up making food for breakfast because she's like you guys already is... had a bunch of food with last game there was a big breakfast scene right yes, yes. evelyn's All mentor right. cooked Darcy's just um, gonna snack. Staring then. Okay. 
I feel like um, at some point there needs to be a big poof of smoke of some sort just to set off the mad scientist's yeah. image. I think, I think I think Josie also like rummages through her bag and she has like essentially a travel kit of like chemistry stuff that she also starts setting up with you. <laughs> oh, have you considered adding a little bit of um, the, the cadmium? Or and various mm. other just starts. Do you want to try that one? I'll try this one. Yeah, absolutely. Science. Okay. Science. Okay. Uh, like everyone's doing this one-handed, looking at it and writing at the same time. The sound of footfalls appears behind you in the hallway, and soon Teddy bursts back into the room. Okay. All right. I know where they are. Where who are? Uh, the ecstatics. Okay. Okay. Do you want to? We could take the box. To get verified. Just gonna look over at Evelyn and Josephine. I, are, are, are you done yet? Well, I mean, we don't have to go right right now. It's like eight eight o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning. There's still a few tests I'd like to run. Yes, yeah, same. Okay. okay. Well, uh, what time do you, whenever you want to go, I know where some people who can verify this are. Do we want to be showing people? It, that's one of the things I'm concerned about, but also we have people chasing us. I don't know if we want to be taking this thing around London. I mean, well, I mean, I'm sure verification of some sort would be good would be valuable. Yeah, not to be coy, but I'd prefer not to just trust, trust a box on its own word. That's why we're doing tests. Be... Like time tests? No, I don't have time. I don't have, I don't have time magic. Okay. We do at least need to make sure that it is actually from not the present time. Because if... Uh, and based on what he said, it certainly sounded more along the lines of what the Order of Reason might... might talk versus say... A more traditional mage. Robin, what do you have? I'm just pointing out something that the two science people might have thought about from a thing of being able to check this time is, but carbon dating was uh, just started in the oh, just kidding, 1940s. Ha, ha never mind me. Never mind. Yeah, then no, that was not Victorian people. era. <laughs> nope, nope. Carbon dating was not a thing yet. Never. Actually, mind. I found out that diamond scalpels were not created until 1955. Nope, used obsidian before then, usually. Yeah. I learned that from a Batman podcast. The most scale existed prior, but yeah. Diamond's tip scalpels did not. So many of our inventions happened in like a 200 year span, where we're just like yep. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so what is the plan? Like, what do we, what do we, what do we want to do? 
I'm petting the cat, Amelia says. Meow, says the brawn. Um, where is actually Dr. Freeman as well? Uh, Dr. Freeman, I believe it stepped out, uh, it's been, it's been a while. I believe Dr. Freeman stepped out to go and check on the, uh, the circle and some nearby things. Uh, but actually you'll hear the door open and Dr. Freeman will come back inside, um, rolling his sleeves back down around his wrists. Ah, um... What did I miss? The magic Futuristic box. box. It does appear rather futuristic, yes. It projected it an image that spoke to us. Oh. It said it was like a gramophone, so a recording. Hold on. Excuse me? It projected an image. Well, it was a little see-through blue man. That talked to us. Or it's haunted by a ghost from the future? He spoke very oddly, and dressed slightly oddly, but... At, at Chastity's words, can I do a, a quick uh, spirit sight on this? To be like, is it yes. a ghost from the future? <laughs> um, yes, you may. Yes, you may. Um, cool. So just don't worry about rolling. But what okay. I would like you to do is make me a perception and awareness roll. Alternatively, <laughs> this is not a standard rule, but I'll allow you to make me a perception and spirit roll if you want as well. It's the same dice pool. <laughs> okay, then do it. <laughs> what am I looking for? Uh, on this, tell me what you got. I got a 10, an 8, a 5, and a 3. You, 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 the 10 is all you needed for sure. Um, this thing is kind of vibing strangely. Like looking at this, you're gonna get a similar, a similar vibe to the way that Chastity was looking at it. This is slightly out of. When you look at this, it's like the lighting is wrong on it. Interesting. Like the shadows are slightly different, or maybe. Like, it doesn't fit here. Is it the ghost of Christmas future or no? Maybe. Uh, so what it doesn't we, belong. What have we determined? Dr. Freeman says, stepping closer and looking at your experiments. Some of the makeup of it. Um, what was Teddy's last name again? Um, Dashwood. 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 Um, Mr. Dashwood has located the ecstatics and has offered that we could potentially, I believe, speak to them regarding verification of time travel, I suppose. Hmm. It certainly doesn't belong in this time. Well... Mai and I have taken a look at the, the portal in the backyard. It needs some structural calibrations to make certain that it is safe to use. That'll take a little bit of time. I mean, no it won't. It should work fine right now, Teddy's going to say from across the room. It may work right now, but it also may fling us halfway into the sun. 
I would prefer not to have that happen. I play. I hope not to tan until we're at the Riviera, but fair. Fair point. Whereabouts can we find your ecstatics, Teddy? Um, there's just a little place down by um, uh, by St. John's Square. Is that close to us? Uh, you know, I honestly don't remember where Teddy's place is in town. Does anybody mm. remember? I think I it was remember just... remember it was a kind of a little out of... It was... It was in, I don't like, remember kind exactly of nice where areas. it was, but I thought it was a nicer area. Yeah, it was nicer and kind of... Safe house. Dashwood. Oh, it's in Notting Hill. Uh, so, let's do Notting Hill, because this is the one thing I didn't check. Notting Hill, St. James... Square. That was what I was going to ask, was as a Londoner for the last several years, do I recognize the name of that area as a good area? Oh, yeah, St. James Square is quite nice. Area? Oh, where the, so where the statics are. Uh, So, is it St. James Square? Let me just check. Hold on. Got like a hundred tabs open about this because I did way too much research on this and I was very happy to find a couple of things um, uh, in the city of Westminster yeah St. James okay uh, they're four miles away so basically uh, they're on opposite sides of Hyde Park So you could get, you could reach there by going through Kensington, Belgravia, and uh, and up, or you could go by pa Mayfair and Paddington, because that's I want an excuse to say Paddington. I mean, I guess that's not too long of a of a trick. I was just, you know, if we're traveling with this magical box from the future, probably the shortest. Distance would be would be good. Well, if you need to get it to the ecstatics, I could happily drive you. I could change the color on the carriage so that it's not quite as recognizable. Then you have a getaway car ready. I'll even wait outside. I have a feeling that wherever Mr. Dashwood would be welcome might not be um, quite so accommodating to myself. Uh, because you're uh, a scientist? Ah, yeah. Mm. Let's just say, I relish the days where we would return to Paris, where things are a bit more civilized. There. What kind of place are you taking us to, Teddy? Uh, well, there is... Um, uh, well... And this is the point where I would like to ask, do you want to do a scene flip? What kind of place are we taking us? Cut to? Or do you, sure. do, or do you have sure. stuff in the meanwhile you want to do? Well, I mean, depending um, no, on as long the as place like, we're going is... Darcy's probably going to change her look if we're going to the place I'm thinking we're going to. You are going to a place, you're going to end up at a place called Miss Falkland's Temple of Love. Yeah, Darcy's going to turn herself into a man. Okay. she can. Good call. Okay. 
Uh, so uh, this is an actual factual place. Jen, thank you for helping me acquire this book. Uh, so I have been doing lots of research into the underbelly of Europe as well. Uh, so uh, quick note here. Uh, let's see, Georgian lap dancers, each club, blah, 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 blah. Um, at first, one could only find such adventures clubs in London. There was a women-only club on German Street offering discreet lesbian encounters, the Molly's Club that offered gay members, and the Flagellants Club as well. But then, of course, there is uh, Flanders, Jordan Club, where is it, where is it, where is it? Hellfire Clubs. Uh, this has been a lot of fun reading, actually. Um, there we go. Uh, afterward, more energetic gents might continue carousing to upscale commercial venues, such as Miss Falkland's Temple of Love on St. James Square, where one could sip champagne in a Damask-lined parlor before using the elastic beds, spring-loaded to provide new heights of pleasure, much like the vibrating beds of Vegas hotels. I'm a historian! <laughs> I'm a pervert! <laughs> they have a club oh. for everyone. They do. The fact yeah. that there were gay and lesbian clubs alike in Victorian London is fantastic, as well as a flagellants <laughs> club. We could find you work, Chastity. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not even a joke. That's what she does. Yeah. No, everybody thinks like Victorian era people <laughs> were completely repressed and buttoned up and all that. And like, yes, a certain subsection of them were the <laughs> ones you hear the most about the middle class. But here's the thing about buttons. The rest, on the other hand. Buttons open, people. All right. So, uh, well, there's a place um, called uh, Miss Falklands. It's, uh, um, it's uh, a, a club of sorts. Evelyn's just going to give him a look. Uh, it's a temple of love. Miss Falklands Temple of Love. It's a it's a brothel. Well, it's a nice one, to be sure, and uh, everyone should be welcome inside. I mean, even Mr. Doctor, Mr. Doctor, Doctor Freeman should be fine so long as he has some coin. I'll be fine in the carriage. I'll probably draw this attention as well. Doctor Freeman, of course, being like a six foot plus black man in the. Uh, um, uh, in the late Victorian era or mid-Victorian era. It's quite a nice place, and um, it is one of two places I know. There's also, um, there's a good chance that they could also be hanging nearby at, Hay at the Haymarket Theater. But I'm going to be honest, it's Probably easier to find somebody there. We just need See? to find. And it's on St. James Square. Mm -hmm. They're they're not that far from each other, actually. Just basically on other sides of the square. Well, at least that's not the most disreputable place. It's quite nice, actually, if I remember correctly. I haven't been to uh, Miss Falkland since I was. 14? 13? I remember it being quite nice. How are they towards, like, women coming in? Um. If you've got money, they're usually fine. Um, I think that you probably want to go to mall. Uh, 
Are we going to have to purchase services in order to meet whoever you wish us to meet? Probably not. I Don't, I don't worry, I can loan you money. I'm not interested. Oh, um, well... I'd rather not get confused on that point. <clears throat> Push comes to shove, you could always say you're looking for your husband... Brother. You're looking for your brother. Just give me a moment. I'll, I'm going to be right back. And Darcy's just going to walk out the door to the bathroom and, um... Uh, actually, Teddy, could you point me to your closet? I was going to say, do you have clothes on hand? I mean... <coughs> there's the, the walk-in closet upstairs that we found the body near. I'm going to be performing something that I'm going to change... My physiological aspects. I might need some man clothes to change into. Yeah, ransack the house. It's not my I've stuff. Never, that seems it, exciting. I don't know how to tie a tie, so I might need your help afterwards. Oh, I can do that. She's very good at tying knots. Mm. And ties. Uh, that would be great if you could assist me. I've I don't. I've never dressed as a man before, but it's something I've I've been practicing. You're a very pretty girl. Why are you going to be a man? gonna be a pretty man i mean i guess not i guess it's not a big deal it's just you know eh? would we I think it's gonna be great would it I mean, get yeah, better be service if, if i was a man or, or would it be the same if i go in as a woman yeah you know probably. i think you'd be attractive either way i'm not much for red-haired men but i feel you um yeah. Um, man up. Probably would be usually the safer choice in London. Or New York. Or... Huh. Teddy has a brief woke moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to be a few moments, and then Darcy will go find you... the walk-in closet. I'm afraid that I missed exactly what she was going to go do. I, I think she's gonna go be a man. I don't think that. that she can do that. Dr. Taylor, you have a very interesting company here. Cutting uh, to the the room that you go into, Robin, uh, I need to know what the procedure for this looks like. What is the ritual? Um, is so it like ritual... a series of like bitter herbs? Is it like bloodletting? Like how is it, so think... you know, kill a pig, become a man? Like... <laughs> No, I think what happens is she's going to um, take out her, her mother's book of shadows and find the, the, the spells about that. And she's going to basically take a, a knife and basically bloodlet from basically the areas that she wants to um, adjust slightly. So she's going to probably make a cut, like a, a, a light bloodletting across, across like just uh, underneath of her chest and just slightly above her like groin area mm -hmm. and she's just basically going to almost like 
draw her new body for that. Okay. So what you're going to need to do is you got the Book of Shadows. This is going to be difficulty of um, you're doing this in isolation inside of a magic-y house. So I'm going to say that this is going to be... Uh, let's check the magic system because it's been seven months. And we've gone back to normal mage. Uh, this will be uncanny. Okay. Um, so you're looking at a difficulty of six. Now, if you have any, uh, any quintessence on your sheet, you can spend that to lower the difficulty. Okay. And what you are looking for is you're looking for duration primarily, uh, on yeah. this. So, uh, to do basic changes like this, let's take a look real quick. Where's my spheres book? Because I remember that being on life, and I was like, ooh, yes, this will be helpful for... Yeah. And I'm sorry, I think I cut you off a minute ago, Christine, when you were saying a reply to uh, Dr. Freeman. Um, yeah, she kind of was going to stutter for a moment and just be like, I believe you introduced some to me. Okay, good. I needed to hear the end of that, and I apologize. I'm trying to juggle. Uh, so, yeah shapeshift it's not tactically shapeshifting it's grow new limbs or other features sounds about right um yeah. so uh what i'll say is that every success is going into duration the base success will will count for so let's let's divide this down real quick so you need one success basically for the lower body physiological alterations. Okay? Mm -hmm. We'll just say that the 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 sex organ switch over will be one success. Uh, and then to further look like a man, what we'll say is that it'll be probably we'll say it's two successes for the whole package. Like yeah. up and up and bottom, top and bottom, be two. Okay? That's not including duration. Beyond that, if you want any other changes to, say, broaden your shoulders, to enhance your jawline, those will be basically another success uh, to kind of cover each degree of, like, masculinity on the okay. scale. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not exactly, like, set in stone, but, like, how far away from your feminine form are you trying to reach? If it was life four, you'd be able to do it with a snap of a finger. Uh, but because this is life three, you kind of have to piecemeal it, right? So, yeah. like, you know, you could add claws or cat's eyes. So, you know. So, uh, what you're going to do... The chat's freaked out about the word limb. Yeah, limb. Add a limb. <laughs> Duh. Um, okay, so what you're going to be looking for is you want this to last for... Uh, so you'll need three successes. Uh, three successes plus one... Okay, so you'll need a minimum of four successes, and each degree of success beyond four successes will add to a more a more masculine appearance. Okay. So you'll basically be a slight man uh, with fairly, like, probably fairly androgynous features. Yeah. You know, before then, and then it'll just kind of like you'll turn slowly toward the. It's like on on like a like one of those filters. You're just moving more yes. toward Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or, yeah. or Andre the Giant, I guess, would be the far end of masculine. Okay. Cool. So you go from Tinkerbell to Andre, Andre the Giant. That's the scale. Just... <laughs> Great. Okay. Um, Mage is, I can spend a willpower to get a success, right? You can, yes. And so long as you get half of your, your attempted successes, 
yeah. you can you can roll again. Alternatively, we could turn this into a ritual casting if you wanted to, but that would take several hours. No, it's fine. I'll try and do. Okay, this, so this you're at difficulty of difficulty of six. Okay. Okay. Um, that's with with the book. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. Yep. Okay. Do you have any quintessence to spend? I do, but I think I have to save that for Brom because I've not fed him in a while. He'll be okay. Okay. I'll 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 use that then. How many do you have? I have one. Okay, so that'll be difficulty five on this first roll. Okay. With one successful already. All right, that's um. I got. And you were going for five. six successes. Yeah. Okay. So I got three. Plus the willpower, or including the willpower. Including the willpower. Okay, so you're halfway there. Whoa. Um, yeah. And because you are attempting again, you may spend another willpower point. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. And you are on um, difficulty of six. That'd be seven now. Seven, because it goes up. It goes up on the second round. Yeah, it goes up, but because the base is six, it would go up from six rather than from five. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's so, I saw the confusion in your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but I was at five. How? Because you because you spent down to quintessence. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but if you continue sense. the second round, it's a plus one difficulty. Yeah, so okay. go so ahead, seven. roll difficulty seven, and you can spend a willpower again. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So that. So you're at four successes. So four. at the very least, you have done this. Now it's all gravy at this point, unless you roll ones. So seven. Yeah. So se okay, seven, so eight, nine, ten, nine. and tens count for two. Yeah, so I got nine and a ten. Okay. And then a five. So just two more successes on top of that. Well, that's, so I'm at six. Did you reroll the ten? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what? that's three successes with the willpower. So six yes. total. Yes. So, so six, six total. total. Okay. So um, what what do you look like? You, you are as fully transmogrified into, uh, from, from wee little Darcy into like, I'm going to say with that, you could probably grow as much as six inches in height and probably, okay. probably put on about 50 pounds of weight. Yeah. So Darcy's going to look, she's going to try and emulate what her, um, what she was going for in her mind is what her, like her brothers, her adopted brothers look like as, as kind of like farm lads. So she's kind of kind of going for that kind of slightly more rugged country kind of country boy look, maybe slight mm -hmm. um, broad shoulders, a little bit of like a nice kind of gruff beard and mustache combat. Were guys with fashion? Yes, fa all facial hairs were all acceptable. Okay, cool. So yeah, she'll oh yeah, they had insane mustaches in the Victorian yeah, so era. Probably a nice mustache because Darcy's just like, this is my chance to look like a guy. So she's going like all out. Nice mustache, thick, um, and yeah, kind of stocky. Some just like a very nice, a nice stocky farm boy kind of look. And okay, she's so gonna go start putting on like at least pants. Okay, so we'll cut and back then, to you in a minute then. Yeah. So that's going to be great. Uh, so downstairs, in the meanwhile, while this is all happening, uh, what do you all do? What are you all doing with your time? Chastity's keeping herself from going and, and inter interrupting because part of her is like, this is really cool. I want to play dress up, but also 
maybe don't. Meow. But, um... Did Evelyn still playing chemistry? Yes, yeah, so it was juicy. Does anyone have any cards? Does anybody want to play bat, like, any snooker, maybe? Amelia looks around. Sure. I mean, I'm just filling my thumbs. You're twiddling. I'm petting a talking cat. There's a talking box. And your friends are turning into men. Yeah. That, that about sums it up, yeah. I'm not sure how to feel. Well, that answers the question I was about to ask. Generally positive. Okay. We are still going to Paris, right? Yes. 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 Um... That is the, the plan. Once it's the portal is fixed, I think. I'm not. I don't do the distance stuff, traveling much. Except through time. I have really good yeah. hearing. <laughs> yeah. You know that. Plus, I literally had nothing to do except for watch them scratch a box and pet this cat. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy it. The cat continues to kind of growl. Yeah, it's, it wasn't really... It's, it's weird. So Theodore's right. You are the witch. Or a witch? Sort of. I'm kidding. You were. Oh. Uh. Oh, I. Oh, God, God. I was. I was. I was kidding. I'm. I'm very sorry. I was just making. Yeah, we're just a... gonna... It's. 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 Um. It's fine. It's all. Uh, it's all in the past. I'm sorry. Um. And she's going to grab the cat. Hey, hey what are you? What are you doing? throw it on the ground just kind of as gently as she can in a hurry. Rude. You'll hear from the cat. What are you doing? I'm giving you a hug. And she's going to walk over and just hug you. Mm. Sorry. Didn't realize. Um. You're not. You're a wonderful person. I'm terribly fond of you. And I'm terribly sorry. I didn't mean... I mean... It's, um, she'll kind of pull back and, like, grab her shoulders, kind of like, if she'll let... <laughs> if let Chastity do that. She'll be like, I... Uh, I mean, I'm here now. It, it, so it's, it's all kind of worked out. 
you're where you're supposed to be. I have no idea what I would do without you in my life. It's uh, been a No, the, the good things that, uh, um, I didn't know you. You know, when you sort of just get, don't really know what to expect, so we were, but it's a good, they're, you're, you're, you're a good thing. The, I try. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Um, um. Are we hugging? Is that what's happening over here? Teddy's gonna kind of walk back into the room I don't know what she's doing up there but it it there were some noises was it not not, not good ones normal? um she hmm they're fleshy noises oh um I, does anybody have any, um, uh, doctors, does anybody have any, uh, gauze or anything? It smelled like blood when I walked by the room. I just, I kind of want to. It's, uh, <laughs> can I get someone to, uh. Okay, fine. I'll I'll just. I can. I can go. You're not much a... of a doctor. Yeah, but I'm good at cleaning up blood. Fair. Um. Okay. Let's. Uh, I guess let's go check in on her. Uh. And. Sorry. What are you saying, Chest? She's not. She's just like. Yeah. Okay. Um. Meanwhile, upstairs, Darcy, as you were going through this change, it was not pleasant. Let me put it that way. Um, this was not a simple matter of shifting a few things around like rolling flesh, but more of a matter of... Honestly, the first part felt very odd, strange, painful, but not not the worst thing you could have thought of. However, the growth of bone and muscle, that hurt. You could feel sinew stretching, snapping, bones reforming, calcifying, shifting, expanding. You could feel this crackle, this scratch, this squeak as you gasped in pain, and you heard the high-pitched lilt of your normal Irish tone crack, scrape, and darken as a lump began to swell at the base of your throat. By the time that you dressed in pants, by the time you stepped outside after wiping the blood off of your newfound form, which was hairier than you expected in places, 
uh, particularly across the chest, probably. Um, I'm going to say it's probably got like the Pierce Brosnan. Yep, that's kind of what I was picturing. Yep, it's yeah. kind of like... Uh, and, okay, well, we should probably go check on her. And Teddy spins back into the main entry hall that you can see the top floors from around here uh, as you see uh, Darcy start to walk down the stairs dressed uh, you couldn't find any shirts upstairs that would fit unfortunately your shoulders are too broad um, you start to walk down the the stairs uh, dressed in nothing but a pair of slacks that fit a um, a fairly trim waist I'm going to say I'm going to say that you probably didn't put on like much much you, well hell the the body Dorito. fat in a woman Dorito. of Darcy's size stretched over a man six inches taller. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably going to be about like an 8% body fat. Those, those pants will fit. Nice. Uh, so what does she look like? What does he look like? What do they look like? <laughs> so he <laughs> has a nice kind of like red, like furry chest. Um... Could we say that the hair, like... Darkened? Darkened a little bit. Yeah. Um, has that nice green eyes, but big bushy eyebrows. A nice kind of bushy mustache with a like, set of like beard to match. And um, just, 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 just mostly. Um, I'm going to attempt a low accent Irish. I may butcher this a, a lot. Um, do you have any pants around? Um, I mean, a shirt. I'm looking for a shirt and jacket. Huh. Um. Quick question, Darcy. As you come down the stairs and you see like three or four people looming in to look at you, do you is there a moment where you kind of like instinctively try to cover up a bit? Yeah, I think as, as she walks out and realizes she goes like this, and then she's like hey. kind of like to puts her hands down and does like the Peter Pan at the top of the stairs well, a little bit. Someone's been lifting triangular weights. Uh, I feel very free. He's bigger than me. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is he bigger than me? <laughs> hey, Darcy! That was v very painful, and I won't be doing that too often, but... <laughs> we have special occasions, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I need another drink. This is just too great. Oh. He's going to stumble off to the kitchen. How As do I look? As he's going to lean over to Amelia. Good. You look good. I'm going to like sidelong look. Well, I was right. You're, you're still attractive. This is definitely going to be get, 
taking some use to. Probably itchy. And, as and hell. this is a lot gonna be taking use to. And that is definitely going to be taking some use to. I'm not looking forward to having to go to the washroom for the first time, but it's going to be an experience. It's much easier. It's like using a hose. You'll hear Dr. Freeman walk out. Hmm. I see. I doubt that anyone in this house has something that can fit you, but I do. Short sleeve or long? Probably long. Hmm. I'm guessing. I'm going to assume that you don't own cufflinks. I don't own anything for men. I'll see what I, I can imagine find. imagine if the whole wardrobe's here, that there might be cufflinks upstairs. There probably are. Search for cufflinks, look for a cravat or a kerchief or something like that to wear. I'll bring you a shirt momentarily. I, Thank I, you, Doctor. I think Evelyn's the only person close enough that would hear Josie mutter under her breath, maybe I should take up life magic. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the fact that her mask seems to have changed. Okay, but is it wildly inappropriate if I if I offer to help him get changed? No. I mean, you already offered tie tie motives or anything. Are you trying to see Tarzan naked? I don't know. Maybe. Huh. Well, I mean, we're just a couple of girls helping another girl. Right? Right. It's just, it's totally acceptable. It, it, it's still Darcy, right? Darcy, but, that's still well, you, right? It, yeah, I'm... Totally fine. Honestly, I've never, I've just known my brothers and they're, they're, um, they're not really proper men. Like, they're farmhands, so I'm, She's if anyone not even needs a to know man. what to wear, I need to know what to wear and to look like to be a man. No, 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 I do th I think she does rather look like a proper man. Could, could you, could I, could I get? Yeah, um, do you, yes, do you, of course. Do you need some help? Yeah, yeah. We'll, okay, we, 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 we can help you. We're, I'm, yeah. I have a, I have a, yes, let's, uh, I imagine help. Amelia might find it very educational. Hmm. Educational. That's, yeah. Josie has, like, her moment of gen gender envy and ju then just goes, okay, back to science. <laughs> like, Darcy like, is <laughs> loving this. The second that Darcy came out as a man, like, her slightly meek demeanor kind of disappeared because she's just suddenly like, I'm bigger. I'm bigger. I'm a man. Bigger and louder, and everyone's looking at me, and everyone wants me to take my pants off. But it's okay, because I'm a man. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think that's a good place for us to fade to black on a on a, on a dressing montage. Um, and with that, why don't we take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these words from us. So thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Mage. We'll be right back, everybody. Hey, y'all. I'm Jen, and I play Josephine Carrington in the Dork Tales Victorian Era Mage actual play series that you were just listening to. If you're new to Mage, or just want to know more about the system, check out my podcast, Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast, found wherever you can find podcasts. 
New episodes come out every other Friday, provided Paradox itself doesn't get in the way. Welcome back to Mage the Ascension, the Victorian Age. After a bit of dressing, a bit of prep, and a bit of heading out on the town, you find yourselves heading across inside of the now repaired, restored, and recolored carriage wagon. The fog is hanging low over London as you make your way across. The horses are eager to get out of the stable and actually stretch their legs again and are moving at a solid clip. Before long, you find that you have made it to your destination. Inside of St. James Square, there's a large building called Mrs. Falklands. There's no signage outside. Just a couple of thick-necked bouncers standing outside, brushing aside any folk that seem like they shouldn't fit in. It's a large square building that takes up almost an entire city block. You can hear the faintest whiffs of music from the inside, and as Teddy walks up, flashes a smile and uh, a few pound notes over to both of the bouncers. They happily let you in. And before long, the five of you... Did Amelia tag along? Did she? Could she, have, could she have convinced you? Probably. If she wanted to come. Probably would have been something like a Oh, I didn't, I didn't think you interested but you are not leaving me at this creepy house by myself it's not that creepy i don't it's want to be left creepy. here alone with strange man that i don't know and a strange witch that i don't know oh no i, I said that it's, it's okay okay let's, let's go i mean it's it's i'm probably gonna be an educational experience as you burst through the front door, the smell of bitter smoke wafts around you. I'd like a perception and awareness or alertness roll. Your call going in here. Um, would resonance have anything be applicable for a um a specialty? Sure. Perfect. That'll be what you're looking for primarily then. Yeah. Yep. Uh, would detail oriented apply? If you're looking for specific details in the environment, yes. What's the difficulty? difficulty is six. If you're oh. using awareness, eight. I'm using alertness. So that is going to be three successes. Three successes? Yeah. Zero successes. Nice. On awareness. Successes. No, alertness. Five on alertness. And would you get four on awareness? Awareness. As you walk inside, there is going to be... We'll start with awareness first because it is the, the easiest one. Um... This place has a heady sense about it. There's magic inside of these walls, and it's almost like you hit a... It's like walking inside of a building that is air-conditioned. There's a sudden chill that rises over your skin as the temperature internally drops for you. There's magic afoot here. And you're walking into the center of it. The resonance that you can taste on the air is one that is... It's bitter. It's bitter and herbal, like a rough 
strong cordial. And it's emanating. Well, higher than it is low. You can feel it toward the tips of your hairs. Your scalp tingles slightly. The rest of you, as you enter, Josephine, you are awash in sensation. This place is absolutely the strangest thing that you have seen in quite some time. There are all number of men and women wandering around, predominantly women though, dressed in skimpy uniforms, can-can uniforms, teddies, nighties, uh, bustiers, um, all covered, mind you. Um, there are no bits that are less exposed, but compared to the Victorian dress style, here you are seeing people in corsets that begin and end with just simple little short shorts at the bottoms of them. Enough that all of the most indecent parts are... They're not wearing the outer garments. <laughs> They're just wearing the base piece. Essentially. They, they strut around. Even then, there are a couple of men who are dressed like that as well. But not only that, there are a couple of people that you will recognize as not really falling into either category. Um, some with what you'll recognize stronger jaws, uh, but with long flowing hair curled and flowing in a very French style, dressed in that type of same skimpy corsets, but without any breasts to speak of, but still long, supple legs that have been shaved or waxed all the way up to the hip. Strange for this day and age, to be honest. There is no end of the expression of lust inside of this establishment. And anybody who's seen the show The Alienist knows just how common all manner of, uh, of things were in these type of establishments. The fun show, actually. Uh, content warnings galore. I believe before walking in, Evelyn would have pulled, like, made sure her hat was on with the veil down, probably. There is a wide room on the right where you hear music bellowing forth, and on the left, another one where there is a bar with drinks being served. There, now, inside of here, the gentlemen that are working. Um, the bar are dressed quite well, and as are the patrons. At the very least, they're all dressed like middle class. Their clothing, quite nice. The Thank you for reminding me of that, Jen. The clothing, quite spick, quite span. And as you enter, a man with a handlebar mustache can't be more than about 25 or so. Clutching a bowler hat to his breast, stumbles forward, clutching a, whis a whiskey glass. I say, what are you doing here? You got more working girls that you brought in, eh, mate? He goes and nudges Darcy on the arm. You brought some girls in? How much? How much? Are you out of cart? <laughs> How about this one right here? Come on, they're, show us. They're not for sale. Oh, Sorry. everyone's for sale. Everyone's for not, sale. Not these. I really want to see how this goes. Teddy's going to just kind of mutter. Hey, no, everyone's for sale. Here, 
He's going to pull a, a roll of notes out of his pocket. You in the blue. Show us your bubbies. No. Come on, bitch. Show us your bubbies. That is that is not the way way to talk to a late a late. Sorry, I've lost my accent. Um, I'll get there again. That is no way to talk to a lady. <laughs> Mate, when I see a lady, I'll talk to one. This is where you punch him. Teddy's gonna butter. Oh him. no. Darcy's gonna wail him in the face. Make me a uh, a Dex and Brawl roll. I think Josephine's like a, a split second behind Darcy because just confused and then is like, oh, this is right. Not good. Don't talk to me that way. And goes also to punch him. Nice. What's uh, my difficulty? Difficulty is six. Three successes. Three successes. Make me a strength roll, please. Uh, strength plus two. Can I also roll a dex and brawl just to see yes, if you I may. can get a hit in? <laughs> yes, you may. Yes, you may. What is my difficulty for... It's always going to be six on damage always unless I six tell you otherwise. Uh, one success uh, for me. One success. Roll me strength and brawl. Or probably roll me strength as your damage. No bonus. Uh, so Two for me. Two? Okay. For successes. All right. So you're I rolled gonna... a 10 and a one. Okay. So uh, <laughs> you are going to just crank him across the jaw. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to take a step step back from the force of the blow. Uh, Josephine, what do you do? Um, I think I I think I step in, and because I'm I'm that split second behind, um, he's like knocked a little bit out of my range. So I do hit him, but I don't do any damage because okay, it's not a real. So hit, where do you so. hit him? Um, probably I probably went low if Darcy was going high. Okay. Um, so it probably went for somewhere in the gut. Great, so you punch him in the gut. He stumbles slightly, drops his glass on the floor, uh, and as he does, all of you will see it start to... The glass falls toward the ground. Looks like it's about to shatter. And as it does, you all will see a motion of his wrist and hear this clicking noise, all in slow motion. This... As this small rigging system of metal slides down his sleeve carrying a small one-shot pistol with it that hits his palm and time will continue to slow and I would like everyone here to do me a favor and make me uh, make me a willpower roll. Roll your current willpower oh, against no. difficulty of s difficulty of seven. Hey, Chad, if you want to buy a willpower. So what is it when you get no successes and a one? That's a botch, right? That's a botch. Hey, congrats. And that was all oh, of boy. us, right? That was all of you, yeah. And um, are we rerolling tens on this because it's willpower or no? You may, yes. I yeah. only have one willpower. Okay. What have I Four been successes. Doing? Four successes? Perfect. And what was the difficulty? Difficulty is seven. Okay. okay. I succeeded. Yes. Okay. All right. Everyone who succeeded, Four. Um, you are, the glass is going to continue to fall. Uh, the hand is going to raise up and the trigger is going to pull. And nothing is going to happen. 
and then you realize that the music has stopped. The people around you watching the fight have stopped. Spittle is flying out of their mouths, their lips extended in distented savagery. Darcy, you are completely frozen in place. Uh, Amelia is completely frozen in place. She also botched, if that makes you feel better. Um, and the other three of you and Teddy are acting completely normally. The entire room is frozen. The glass hovers a centimeter from the ground, about to explode. Evelyn's going to look at it and go, oh, that is very sophisticated. One second. Jassy's going to go and try and grab it before it hit. You you may. And then just put it on the ground if she can. Absolutely. At the moment that you, do you, here's the question. Do you touch it to grab it or do you poke it? She grabs it. She goes okay. to hold it. So you will catch it. It. You feel a bit of resistance, like, the like the you know, it's like you're catching it from a fall when you pit lock it up hmm. so it still has its innate motion but you'll be able to counter it um and you can see that um the pistol's pin is uh, pardon me the hammer is about to slam home in the pistol there is a slight gap that you were saying it's pointed directly at darcy's chest bang like point it down at the ground oh I've, I've got a better one i've got a better one what cockerfoot but you... probably foot but okay but. push it down more teddy's gonna walk over and push it all the way down so it's pointed at his <laughs> own foot so this is weird yeah, well, well, i'm assuming the people you brought us to see have a way of keeping things from getting out of hand. Yeah, I think so. Um, Josie's going to just poke Darcy in the arm and be like, is this time magic? <laughs> Darcy does not move. Like, unlike, unlike anything else here, Darcy is frozen like a statue. Even, even Darcy's clothing does not fold when you push on it. Are they going to be Interesting. okay? Please, you hear echo down the hall from the from the stairwell in front of you. Please, do come upstairs. The party is on the third floor. Uh. Can, can you let this one go? He comes with us, pointing at Darcy. There is no response. Joe? Heads or tails? Nice. Teddy's going to pull a coin out and is going to flip it. Uh, heads will be high. It comes up heads. Okay. I'll grab the legs. 
Um, can I use, this was going to be my, my backup plan, but can I use uh, some forces magic to lighten the load? Yes, you may. Yes, you may. Give me a, <laughs> give me a, for, give me a forces roll. Uh, give me a, an arete roll. Uh, difficulty? Uh, difficulty of four. No, five. Uh, that's four successes. Okay. So yeah, you'll be able to basically make make him wear, weigh not much of anything at all. So the the two of you will be able to kind of like picnic carry him up the steps. Yeah. Amelia is still frozen in place at the bottom of the stairs. If I go over to her and try actually, and... I, actually I apologize. She didn't botch, she just failed because she got a seven. Um so what do you do to her? Like, did she also completely immobile the way that Darcy what was? Do you, she's completely frozen. What do you do? I'm just gonna try and get an arm around her to try and like try and tug her along, like arm over the shoulder. <laughs> uh, tickle, stop, stop, stop. Wait. What? Okay. Hands on shoulders, pat Am down I? arms and Hi? Hello. Okay, I think you're. I think you're oh, okay. Um, there's some. There's some. I'm not even. I don't even frozen. care. I don't even care. I don't even care. Why are they carrying Mister Darcy up the stairs? Because he's frozen in time. Okay. And she's just going to follow them up the stairs. Uh, can I get... I need uh, I need both of us to make a strength roll to not bump Darcy's head on the stairs. It's really funny. I had head. not made that connection until you said it. So it said what? Calling uh, Darcy. Mr. Mr. Darcy. Darcy. From when I was like... All right. I rolled a nine and a ten. I rolled cool. I rolled a six. So between us, um, so Darcy's gonna have a bruised butt. I'm pretty sure. No, my just a little, is... a little, just a little bruised, a little bruised. This is what happens. You move the butt fat, like that's Ireland's ass right there. That's th that's a potato. Um, all right. Uh, and uh, with that, you're going to climb the stairs three floors up into the top area uh, where you'll see that it opens into a wide. It, it's almost like a hotel inside of here with wide hallways that are um, uh, leading into a number of rooms. But on the leftmost branch away from the stairwell, there is a large set of double doors at the end of the hall. Wide open. Inside, it flickers with candlelight. It is the only door on this plush red carpet that seems designed to lure you forward. It's waiting for you. You can smell acrid scents rolling from inside. Smoke plumes out of the room in blue and gray hues. Do you head in? I think if um, if Josie's trying to carry Darcy with the 
with Teddy, um, depending on if Josie's in the lead, um, mm. she just wants to get this body to where it needs to be. So she just goes straight in. <laughs> okay. How about everybody else? I'll follow. Okay. I frozen. I get no say. Yeah, you're going in. Sorry, bud. Um, oh, cool. I didn't realize that they added that. Nice. Sorry, I'm just adding one thing here real quick. And then... I'm just basically picturing this like Darcy's like the like cardboard cutout kind of thing where it's just like Basically. frozen in that same thing and they're just like awkwardly one corner just a, pivot pivot just a thought is there any pivot. way to bolster myself or protect myself from airborne drugs um yes you could use a matter shield okay Can i just have like a very minor one up knowing that this sure. is a a pleasure House essentially, which probably also equals opium levels. If it's sure, make me an Arate roll, just just retroactively. Uh, difficulty of uh, five, uh, four, uh, three, use. three. Okay, yeah. So yeah, you can have basically like uh, two dice of immunity. Yeah. So whatever. Treat your stamina as being too higher for purposes of drugs. Cool. You have a filter. Yeah, essentially, that's what she wanted. As you round the corner and head toward that room. The candlelight is going to lick into the into the air. You can see that it's a wide penthouse suite designed in this place probably for orgies. But here it is completely outfitted with flowing tapestries, hanging um, hanging strips of fabric. The ceiling inside of here is a good 20 feet tall and you can see there are several people who are doing well I think with these days it's called aerial scarves but basically wrapping themselves up and down in these long lengths of fabric um, most of these people are dressed very scantily or nude and you can see that there are quite a few people lounging most of the ones inside of here are nude, scantily dressed, or comfortably dressed. A lot of flowing fabrics. People are lounging in the um, in some gas lights in the corner on the back right that are being painted actively right now. Another is lounging on a mass of pillows like an Arabian prince and reading through a stack of books off to several people nearby who are listening with abject joy as if they're children at a story time all while passing around a hookah back and forth there's a woman in the corner with a veil like a fortune teller or one of the, the traveling Romani who's doing card readings and in the far distance there's a woman of Asian descent staring at you. Her makeup is severe. The coal around her eyes is thick and dark. And the tips of her eyes are painted like knife edges. Like stilettos plunging into her lacquered hairline. 
She's dressed simply. In a floral red Chinese dress that hangs down to her ankle. No shoes. And as you enter, she raises a severely plucked eyebrow while sucking on a long, thin, wooden, and brass pipe. She calls out over her shoulder into a side room in one of the languages of the East. Yes, fine then, fine then, you'll hear from inside of the room, a man's voice, lilting, not particularly accented, American perhaps? She'll scoff, twirl her pipe to dislodge some ash from it, and Darcy will suddenly go, um, uh, will lose their rigidity as the spell is on you. What the? Hmm. Oh. Oh. What? what? You got caught what? in the spell pretty easy for a big man, she says. Still getting used to this, this form. She gestures her head toward the room on the left. They're waiting for you. Evelyn is basically tucked back behind Chastity and Teddy. Because you're carrying the box, right? But also because she's probationary member, remember? She's... She doesn't know how many people actually know of her or know where she came from and thus might not be very friendly. So she's kind of staying quiet into the back. You. Dashwood. Uh, yeah? I mean, yes. Hi, how's it going? They want to see you. Unpaid debts. Teddy? Ah. Perhaps my uncle had credit problems. Um, shall we? Hmm. Did you guys carry me up the stairs? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You put on some pounds recently, Darcy. And, uh, and, uh, fixing the, you know, gravity around you, it doesn't, it only does so much. Oh. Sorry. Chastity's just gonna start walking towards the side room. Yeah, Darcy will follow after, like, straightening himself a bit and kind of, like, trying to, like, puff up his chest a little bit and, like, trying to, like, basically do, like, the opposite stance of how she would normally be kind of holding herself. She's trying to, like, poise confidence and gruffness and follows chastity chest, like, chest out you're trying yeah, to act exactly. male yeah yeah um josie will follow after chastity as well um making sure that that uh that evelyn is close to yeah 
Evelyn will stick near Josephine. Okay. Stepping into the side room, you can see that it is a large, well-appointed bedroom. The master bedroom of this suite, in fact. There's a large four-poster bed, as well as several sitting chairs. A full bank of windows um, that look out over St. James Square, as well as a large circular skylight letting in a bit of the pregnant moon. Now, unlike the rest of the room, the salon back beyond that is full of people enjoying themselves, dozens and dozens of people, this room only has three. Pardon me. Only four. There is one lying in the bed reading a book. But the three that you will see, there is a tall gaunt woman with freckled cheeks and silvery blonde hair. She's in the strange place between her 30s and her 50s. Her face is quite young and yet she's so pale and her hair is unnaturally gray. And yet, her face shows no lines of wrinkles or any types of of actual aging marks. She dresses with a high-collared outfit and lies on the ground, staring up at you in front of a fireplace. There are two men sitting nearby, playing chess. One dressed in shirt sleeves and a vest, gaunt, bespectacled, looking every bit a poindexter. Looking very much like Harold Ramis, if we're being honest, in the early Ghostbusters movie. And the other is a portly man with mutton chops. Who, when the other one turns and looks at you, switches some of the pieces on the board and gives you a knowing wink. The man on the bed has pouty lips and a very, very broad, wide forehead, long hair that dangles around the sides of his chin, and full lips, droopy eyes. He's dressed in a house coat and is flipping through, flipping through a journal book, taking notes as he reads. I say, welcome. Welcome, now, says the man with the glasses. Uh, I, I, um, are these the ones that, this is Mr. Dashwood? I'm Mr. Dashwood? You're not, for God's sake, Dewey. Welcome, says the fat man with the mutton chops. I'm Oral. Oral Spaven. I'm the one presently renting this space. Pleasure to have you here. This is Dewey Arkham and uh, Liza Sweeting. And I'm sure that everyone knows our guest there. The man on the bed doesn't appear to notice you. 
You've already met Mama outside. You're not the, um... You're not the dash what I was expecting. Hmm. Oh well. Um... You can speak with Mr. Arkham after this. Uh, what brings you here? Um, we have something that we'd like you to look at. There's plenty to look at in this place. But I suppose we should... Introductions. Yes, introductions are quite in order. Ashante. He stands up and bends his considerable girth into a bow for the ladies. Darcy's going to instinctively bow as a man and then remember halfway you mean curtsy? through. Curtsy, yeah, she's gonna curtsy and then shit. Ah, spending some new time in it. Spending time in a new form, are we? I it uh, it really obvious, isn't it? If you know where to look, do yourself a favor. When you sit, don't cross your ankles. You'll regret it. Thank you. <laughs> Good to know, sir. And then he'll like try and bow. Uh, Darcy Harkness is. Or Darcy Harkness. Oral. Oral's fine. Darcy. If I may. You may. The rest of you? Josephine Carrington, Benny Versus. Ah, Matic. Well, Matt, good to have you here. Your people are always welcome in the house, particularly those of you that dabble in a bit of the alchemical. Uh, speaking of course um drink for anyone no thank you champagne uh, uh, wine liquor uh some gin perhaps something nice and light cigarette i'll have some scotch if you have it or not scotch no irish one drink scotch if they drink whiskey, probably. Whiskey. whiskey. Yes, that's what I meant. That's I mean, what I meant. <laughs> if you're going... Another tip to the wise. If you're planning to be a gentleman, abstain from whiskey. Something with some nice... Uh, allow me. Uh, ladies, anything for you? I I'll have a, a gin as well, says Amelia. I was going to go for the champagne. Whatever you'd like. Uh, nothing to smoke. We um, we have a number of things. Um, we have, uh, uh, of course, tobacco, marijuana, peyote, uh, and um, something new from South America that Dewey was able to import. Hmm. I think I'll just be good with with the alcohol. I. I don't necessarily know what the effect's going to be as this, so I think I'll stick to one um, huh. vice. Maybe next time. You're missing <coughs> out. 
says the voice from the bed. You must have a cigarette. A cigarette is the perfect type of pleasure. It's exquisite and leaves one never unsatisfied. The droopy-eyed man looks over at you. Oh, oh, come on, Oscar, don't push. Hmm. Ah, the light bulb goes off in Christine's head. <laughs> the light bulb just went off in Robin's head, too. <laughs> Anybody who wants to may do me a favor, and you can roll me a an int and... Uh, Ooh, what would this even be? Int and uh, etiquette, int and um, streetwise, int and. Uh, I would go with art. etiquette for me. Ooh, I have art. Yeah, I can streetwise it. Sure. Yeah, I can streetwise. Okay. I have none of those. <laughs> Fair. Why would I need etiquette? <laughs> What's the difficulty? Uh, difficulty on etiquette is going to be eight. For That's art. two successes. Art uh, is going to be six. Oh, wait. I have vice. Uh, vice is going to be uh, difficulty five. Nice. Okay. I got five successes for Darcy. Five successes? Yep. Can I just six, roll a straight seven, int eight, nine. at a straight. higher difficulty? Yeah, do it. Give me int at seven. So, no successes. Did you and I rolled a one. Double botch. You it's double botch? You botch? Uh, so, yeah, you're American. You but Okay, so one of you thinks that this is uh, uh, Oscar de la Hoya, who doesn't even <laughs> exist yet. And one of you thinks this is Oscar the Grouch. I don't know. Um, but you know what? You Both of you think this is an incredibly unimportant person. Mm. And just you, this is going to color your interactions with them from here on in, Okay. Alrighty. Uh, Darcy, looking at that, glancing at him, glancing at that, glancing at like the cane and the the fur jacket next to him, and uh, as he lowers the book, you'll see that it's like scrawled with all manner of writing and things. You'll immediately recognize Oscar. Oh God, that's Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Yep. Irish too, so like mm -hmm. Darcy's like freaking well, out. Well, this is also when he's at his most popular is in the 1890s. Mm -hmm. So uh, yes, in fact, his play. Uh, those of you with etiquette and art will know that his play, "An Ideal Husband," is presently two blocks away at the Haymay uh, the Haymarket Theater. That's probably doing quite well currently. It's it's just about to go into production. They're still in rehearsals. It's about mm. to start. Uh, but a woman of no importance. Did was very successful. We're in the period of his four comedies right now. Uh, what you will not know is that an ideal husband should run for, I believe, 390 shows. Wow. Damn. It's very, very popular. This is, uh, we are some point in the year or two before his buggery charges. Or maybe less. Who knows? Who knows? Depends how busy he gets and what Darcy's up to. <laughs> yeah, mm. now. Uh, oh. Yes. Miss, miss, Mr. Mr. Wild. Not if I can help it. 
did you let fans in? By the way, I listened to a recording of his voice. It is surprisingly like that. There are very few recordings of his voice because 1890s. And it's, it's very much like this. It's very droll. I mean, that may have been an affectation even because he was very flamboyant. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm even sorry. for the time period. Imp I, I just... A fellow Irish m man, fellow woman, Irish. myself. Hmm. I just an honor. I've love. Did you bring a potato? Why, of course. Then, by all means, come and join on the bed. <laughs> Well, it appears to me that you can all get acquainted with each other momentarily, says Oral. In the meanwhile, I would greatly appreciate if I could see what brought you here. Evelyn will kind of heft it. Chas will do the, like, presentation, like, and behold kind of motion. It's a box. Yes. It's of yes. unique composition. And claims to be from the future. See, what kind of... What kind of hat do you have inside of it? Um, it's a joke. A lovely lady with a hat box. Set it on the ground. Claims to be from the future. Yes, it was quite fascinating. It um, mm. created a small see-through man of light that spoke, much like a gramophone recording. We were determined it's not a ghost of from the future. Oh, good. That part, I think. Um, he will turn, grab the thing, the tray that he'd set up, and walk over and hand each of you a beverage that, if you requested one. Hmm. Well. Hmm. Let's find out where it's really from then. This will take me a few moments. So, in the meanwhile, anyone who would like to join me may do so. Miss. Chastity, was it? Hmm. That's if, good. If you are interested, you are welcome to join me in this endeavor. I think I will. Yeah. Hmm. For this to see through this much time. Hmm. Well, there are two ways. Would you prefer the dragon or the fairy? Flip a coin? Lady's choice. 
Dragon of the Fairy, you have points of vice, you know exactly what he's talking about. You're going to get high off absinthe, or you're going to get high off opium to do this. I think she's going to go for the absinthe. Absinthe probably less addictive. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it just so happens that we have an order that came in from France recently. Lovely stuff. See what the fairy can bring along with us. Um, do be a dear. Pull up some cushions for us. If you're doing that, then I can't help but join in as well. Oscar says, arising from the bed. He wanders over, dressed in not much than not much more than his robe, kind of sagging open. Um, in fact, nothing more than his robe. Now that he comes out from underneath the um, uh, underneath the sheet that he was laying beneath, he ties it, but not before his fairly fairly scrawny frame, to be honest, at this point in his life, uh, is fairly clearly exposed. He seems to have very little shame. Uh, lights himself a rolled cigarette and sits down on the ground next to you all. Excellent. Uh, Mr. Dashwood, would you join us as well? I'm afraid that uh, I have no choice. I will too, says Liza. Would be happy to. Good. In that case, he goes over to a cabinet, opens it, and pulls out a thin, a thin decanter made of bright crystal. And inside of it, you can see is sloshing this emerald green liquid. He pulls a small, thin box out from a nearby shelf. Inside are a series of slotted spoons, each in the shape of a smiling skull. The eyes and breaks in the jaw, natural drains. They're pure silver with long, long handles. He brings them over as well as a small tray full of sugar cubes. And slowly, shows each of you, should you not know how to do it. How to enjoy a beverage like absinthe. As you sit on the ground, do you do you sit there to get involved in this? Sitting in a circle around this? Well, Chastity's getting involved. I don't know about... Okay. Um, you're going to feel a weight at your side as someone else scoots up next to you. Look. Amelia shoots you a glance. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Looks fun. Anyone else who would care to, I won't force this on any who are not of an ecstatic mindset. I'm somewhat new to this. If I have a, a, a different tradition, might I still... Not for this ritual. Uh, I would prefer to sit and watch if that's fine. Of course. By the tenants of Ananda, 
The Code of Ananda states that no pleasure can be forced on another. Our pleasures must be gamed to willingly. And one moment while I just quickly check, because they actually put some basic rules for absinthe in this. And I want to see how much it messes you guys up, because that's fun, because it's a nice fun drug. So I didn't understand, I couldn't, I, I did not understand the answer. Was that a yes or a no? Could Dorsey join? Uh, not unless you're sitting around the circle and drinking too. Yeah, if, but I meant like it's not like she was asking for the culture. Like, is it brood of her to like, oh. join as a different tradition? So yes. let's 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 etiquette that then, because I thought <laughs> I thought you meant I have a different tradition of no, doing no, no. this. No, no, she was asking like you guys are oh, you're, cult, me, so. you're ecstatics. <laughs> can I join or can I not? Like, is this an ecstatic the only party kind of if thing? If you That's wish to partake, asking. anyone is welcome, my my dear boy. It's a whole new new day of firsts. Why not? And Darcy mm. will sit down then and join. <laughs> Evelyn's going to find a seat somewhere nearby that is... Hopefully it looks like it has not had its sex on it recently. Where it's been cleaned just Ooh, Do you have the ability to summon blacklight? <laughs> do I? Forces? Yes! I feel yes, like you do! <laughs> matter? You just like bodily fluid detector. Yeah, just we definitely is like do 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 do. Strangely, that one really comfortable chair over there looks safe, suspiciously sh safe. Mm. Like it's been cleaned. <laughs> like it, it's like the chair for prudes that they set in the room. Just, just it's for the person uh. who likes to watch and nothing else. That's where we put our grandmother to judge us. <laughs> Fair. I I don't think Josephine would catch that contact, so she's like, ah, oh, yes, a clean chair. Right. Um, offer it to Evelyn and like sit on the 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 arm of it or something. Let's see. Um, All right, Evelyn will be the prim proper one. In addition there. to the common laudanum, absinthe, dubbed the Green Fairy for its reputed hallucinogenic effects, becomes an infamous an infamous tipple for the decadent set. Although most Though not all, definitely not in this case, lack the uh, uh, formulations of absinthe, lack opioids or cannabis. Uh, this definitely has one of the two. Uh, this drink's reputation gives it a devastating allure. Artisan Mystics cannot get enough of the bitter drink, and though it is primarily uh, its primary component is a staggering amount of alcohol, absinthe provides an, an invaluable tool for the derangement of the senses. I love the way this mage book is written, guys. I think it's great. Um, and the quick game systems behind this are page 441. Okay, so anybody who is getting involved in this, we're going to go to the drugs, diseases, and poisons section. Uh, so <laughs> toxin rating. Uh, so poison or drug. Alcohol. I'm going to do this at probably the prevalence of methanol rather than just alcohol. So alcohol is a difficulty six. I'm going to count this as a, as a double strength because it is quite... No, it's going to be triple with Wormwood. That's going to be... This is going to be a three a level three. Yeah. Okay. So, Toxin Rating. The number of health levels that it inflicts upon the character. This is bashing. Oh, okay. So... One or two times per ingestion. Okay, I'll only count it as a two because it's okay or a stamina roll. Okay, so anybody who's participating at this needs to do me a favor and make me a stamina roll. Just stamina. 
uh, against a difficulty of seven. Okay. Okay, Teddy's fine. Uh, I'm about one success. Two successes. Two successes? Okay. Uh, so the way that means is, so what, what this means is when you're making this roll, um, so say you drink a, a sizable amount of alcohol, okay? You have a difficulty six. What that means is that you're not rolling to see if you're drunk. If you drank a full pint of vodka, you're drunk. The question is, do you take damage from it? Uh, in this case, nobody here is going to take damage from it. Even Amelia got two sevens. So she's fine. Remember, you guys drink gin like it's water. It's the 1890s. The fact that you turned down alcohol is a little weird. I know you turned it down because this is an ecstatic place and you don't trust them. But it's a little weird that, like, you know, if anybody's like, I'd rather have water. This is the 1890s. No, you wouldn't. No, <laughs> you would not be drinking water. I was going to say... um, to be fair, Concordia is different. So Josephine has had to learn these things when she came here. Yeah. You, and like, I think that Josephine would probably be more comfortable with ecstatics than people from Earth would be. Just because you're like, yeah, they don't force things on you. It's against their rules. But they will give it to you if you ask. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. Um, Josephine also has the naive flaw. So she's just like, best in everyone. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. It's great. Um, so Darcy has curiosity, so she's like down to try everything because she's like, I'm curious, man. Nice. Okay, so here is what is going to be happening right now. Um, you, sir, so you're gonna be so you do not take damage, you are going to take okay. So I need you, everybody who's partaking, to do one more thing. Uh, and that is going to be, uh, I need you to make me psychedelics, opiates. Wow, they really went all in on this one. Uh, I'm going to say that that is going to be... Oh, wow, that's a really cool system, guys. Congrats. Um, okay, I need... I'm going to give you one roll first of all. So I need everybody to make me another stamina roll difficulty of nine. Um, and... Yeah. Nope. Okay, tell me if you botch. Uh, Teddy failed. Good job, Teddy. I just failed. I just failed. No botch. Amelia passed. <laughs> Amelia's just like she's like I'm so done with this I'm just mentally she's just, just pounding like... it um, so everybody here so uh, everybody failed subtracts a die from perception and dex pools until this wears off because you're gonna be you're, you're drunk however uh, because this also has a hallucinogenic in it uh a dose perception of psychic and sorry uh perception and dex dex okay. you also um for the remainder of your trip as you begin to drink this liquid and it begins to take hold with startling speed you're going to see 
the cup as you place it on the ground touches the ground a second before your arms extended. You feel the cup touch the ground before you think to move the cup. You hear laughing in the other room begin to echo from ear to ear. You see wind rush in through the closed window, billowing the candle flames with naked bodies dancing on the wall in silhouette. Uh, all of you who have drank this are going to be at minus two to all rolls until this ends. Unless you are using correspondence, mind, or spirit, or time, in which case you have a minus two difficulty on all magic using those spheres. So correspondence, mind, spirit, and time. So if we if we don't, we have minus two from the die pool. Different your die pool, yeah. Okay, because yeah, sorry. The new the new slightly newish. When you're saying minus, I'm like, is it? What? It's so it's minus. It's off minus off the pools always. Okay. So minus two to all rolls. So as be, well as minus one from perception and dex. So yeah. like, if I need to do something perception, am I rolling at minus three? Yeah. Oh oh no oh no. <laughs> That's fine, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I'm just gonna double check. Josie and Evelyn are over here taking notes for science. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so that's minus three dice on perception and dex. However, uh, your time magic is super powerful right now. I'd like everybody to do me a favor and roll me. Every, if you're in participating in this, please roll me your Arate. Uh, Darcy, you may even roll me Arate for participating and believing so in this. Minus two then? Nope. From that? Not even a little bit. It is, you are just going to roll against a difficulty of six. Okay. Which for you will be difficulty four now because you're blitzed. Uh, I would like difficulty you to. Four, it's you're going to be difficulty nine. three because oh. that's the lowest you can go. Okay, so I'm rolling. Okay. Hetty. Glad wow. three. That was almost a botch. Three. I rolled a three, a three, and a two. Okay. <laughs> you drink that, you feel the walls and the world begin to undulate. Begin to shift. And then you all go cross-eyed and feel the world sag and droop around you as you plunge into time. The other two of you, as you watch them on the ground sit in a circle, swaying slightly as they drink and as this strange green drink takes hold and they start laughing and chuckling and swaying back and forth like drunken bacchanals. What do the two of you do? I think Evelyn will take out a notebook and start making note of what they're doing. Science. Um, What like Chastity and Darcy's reactions are and how quickly and They sway back and forth. Dart, uh, what were you asking, uh, Joe? Um, I was just going to uh, say that I probably put on Prime Sight, and I'm also going to be um, just like keeping a protective eye out. I don't expect anything to happen while they're blitzed, but. 
I would like both of you to do me a favor and make me a perception and alertness roll. The difficulty? Uh, difficulty on this is going to be eight because of how uh, how ex how how high up you are. So four. many threes. I have four threes and oh, a wow. six. <laughs> so I fail. You fail. So watching yeah. this, you're just going to keep an eye. You're mostly watching, like, to make sure that none of them are doing anything weird or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But Evelyn, as you're sitting there watching this, you hear something outside. A cacophonous thunder crack as a gunshot goes off down on the street below near where you know Dr. Freeman was sitting in his carriage. I'm going to go try to look out a window. As you rush out to the edge of the window, you'll see a gunshot still pluming with smoke as three men on horseback surround the carriage. Tall, white-skinned, bald men that you recognize from that first night. And I think we're going to call game there for this week. Seems right. <laughs> nice. Um, in that moment, Evelyn's just, oh, bloody hell. There we go. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Josephine, what? <laughs> I'm trying not to cough at the same time. Nice. All right. So uh, that's going to be it for tonight. We'll see you in a week, everybody. Hope you enjoyed coming back to this. Uh, sorry, I was slow in a couple of places while I had to double check some rules and things. But do you guys have fun? Yeah. Yeah. It was good yes. to get back to it. Yeah. Love it. I've missed I've missed Josephine. <laughs> How do you like man Darcy? Marcy? Man Darcy is Marcy. Marcy. Chuck. All right. Hey, folks, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Maids of the Essential of the Victorian Age. It's good to be back. And uh, next week is going to we're gonna be a little bit of action, a little bit of adventure. You got you got an Oscar Wilde cameo. And I, I strongly suggest that everybody go Google Oscar Wilde voice and you'll be able to hear a, an actual recording of it. It's it's very hard to understand. But it's very like. I got to get back into doing all of my different British voices for this. Uh, so uh, let's see. So the chat bought you all two points of experience, if I'm not three. mistaken. We three. got three. We got Other a third. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, well, you know what? I am a generous god. Uh, and it's our first game back after seven months. Uh, I'm going to give you four points of experience, uh, which means that is seven points of experience. So plus seven XP for the night. Don't expect it often, but tonight you're going to get seven, which is quite a bit. It is. doesn't sound like it if you play um, D&D, but trust me, it is. Oh, and it's also like, it's a lot, but it's also not a lot when you would consider how expensive everything is. <laughs> yeah, I'm saving up for Arte 4, man. Now that's my nice. goal. Nice. Um, oh, I also have to say, I meant to say this at the beginning of the game after you did the fiction, but um 
yeah, having having Josephine uh, argue with her house flambeau mother, it, it's pretty pretty perfect. <laughs> I was I took a long look at Beautiful. what what the different um like the houses and stuff that you're. I'm like, yeah, the house flambeau mom is gonna be fiery. I, I'm going yeah, to stereotype. Absolutely. Yep. All right, so folks, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of uh, Maze of the Ascension of the Victorian Age. Uh, we're we're reaching at it. It's about to get exciting. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I think that this arc is going to have about 12 episodes in it before they move on to Paris because you've got a few other things to do. And I'm very excited to see what we do with that. I hope you come back next week. And then after the week after that, you join me for Onyx Pathcon, where we're doing some Mage the Ascension of the Victorian Era game that I don't know, maybe it'll be something completely different. Uh, besides that, I really want to thank everybody at patreon.com slash dorktales for making this happen. Uh, we couldn't do it without you over there. So if you want to support the channel and join the likes of our divine producer, DM Michael Gray, or, you know, our demonic producers, Soloman or Bercarius, or our princes of the Patreon, which are Cubby Gummy, Buddy, Eolus the Forever Cleric, as well as Taryn, the original Dorktales fangirl, uh, Amberthist, and uh, Trizelta. Trizelta's the other one who's to blame. Uh, if you join them, you'll get access to additional content as well as the fiction before these games is getting published there and a nice fancy PDF that Amy edited all fancy for me. Uh, and you get other cool stuff like access to our new podcasts and things like that that are coming. I hope you do it. With that, we'll see you next time here in Mage the Ascension. Good night, everybody. Mage the Ascension, the Victorian Age, book one, The Devil and the Doves, is a Dork Tales production. It stars Christine Rattray as Dr. Evelyn Taylor, Amy Godfrey as Chastity Prudence Goodwin, Jen Peters as Josephine Carrington Bonnie Tharsis, and Robin Holford as Darcy Harkness. Its storyteller is Kelly Clark. For a full list of music used in this episode, please check the show notes below. This episode also used music and sound effects from TabletopAudio.com. Tabletop Audio is one of the best resources that a role player can have. It has ambient sound effects, 10-minute loops, and plenty of things to bring additional ambience to your role-playing experience. We're not sponsored by them, we just love them. Go visit them today and support them if you can. If you like what we do here, you can help us grow by becoming a patron at patreon.com dorktales. Speaking of which, I'd like to take a minute to thank all of the patrons over at patreon.com slash dorktales who help dorktales exist. We couldn't do this without your support, and I want to thank you all individually for everything that you do. Starting with our world-building producer, Jade the Maker of Monsters. Next, our divine producer, Jan and Bob Kessler, who are, uh, my parents. Which is always fun and not at all awkward to say. To our demonic producer, Precarious, who brings evil and fun in equal measures. To our wizards of the Patreon, Tammy the Forever Cleric, the Ink Goblin, and Eddie Isaacs. You're wizards now! The High Council of the Patreon, who donate $25 or more a month and are just the swellest people on Earth, Taryn, Dustin, Cubby Gummy, Amberthist, Raven with Bobbles, Karasha Urquhart, Chef Aladeth, LaRue, Sorcerer Sanguine, Mike Baxter, and Kalen Whitebeard. To our level 20 hero, Michael Eilat, the graphics guy, who's responsible for most of the graphics you see on Dorktales. To our level 10 heroes, Nacro, the Straw Hat Devil, Collinson, Snowy323, Hans H. Boundahoof, Chandra Magic, Professor Multiverse, Void Weaver, Iron Warrior X, Draconis Majers, Dodger Lakers fan, Jamal Cheatham, Spork Saber, Renee Hayes, Raven Avarlix, Craig Hallstrom, Darcy Gibbs, Custom Blink, and Brandon Keen. Thank you so much. Our very important patrons, Camille, who might be six possums in a trench coat, Caitlin Vinkel, an actual guinea pig, Eternal Student Dale Cope, Wine Master Robin Holford, Lord Evan of Antier, Jason Tudor, the Mayor of Icewind Dale, Krista, the Siege of X Engine, Jacob Shinji McDonald, Trizelta, aka James Bodage, United Adventure Company, SM Pace, Just Andy, an Insomniac Veterinarian, Random Equinox, Matt DS, Eric and Amber, Diggy Diggy Blog, Evil, Tommy Kiyama Spenson, Stormshanks, Jacob, Uncanny Kate, 
Dazed Apricot, David Ellis, The Bong Master, Jeremy Smith, Lockgen, Slurp, Andrew Rambling Gamer, Graham Rudkin, Policino, Malazang, Laura Arasmith, Mashmakan, The Dixon Three, Sean Oldham, Loskrack and So Honorable, Bryn Hawker, DM Shari, Whistler, Stuart Tiffin, Owls, Bartold, Drew Thompson, Tyler Saunders, David Carnan, Waffle Rabbit, Fally Pally, Robbie Dick, Parker Radborn, Shannon McLean, Cade Green, Walter Manbeck, Marcos Olguin, Chris Kane, Braddockism, Stephen, Denise Atwood, Jom Jarden, Nyla, Russell Christian, Shelley Garvin, Johnny Nemec, Yosef, Stephen Malik, Gamehen, Panda Sior, James G, Saberslaw, Joshua Chandler, Frederic Lepont Moret, Karama215, Tyrone Slothrop, Ezra Santos, Chris Chindloy, QXVW198, The Comment Guy, Phoenix Queen, Chris, Trey, Dark Sun, A Lizard with Daft Ideas, The Queer Mountain Witch, QQ Vincent, Phelan the Wild Elf, Hooser Jedi, Howl, and Minnie. And of course, to our dork squad, Jen Peters, Daniel, Brent Stewart, CTSRTY, Hayliz, Zach Rules, Ava Hernandez, Jacob Embury, Catherine Petricelli, Heavy Metal and T, Kathleen Halperin, Judith Steen, Orion the Scott, Erica Lena, Kayla Haynes, Oni Yuri, Stephen Pearson, Peppermint, Denise Dory, Isaac Griffin Onan, Hunter, Robert Leach, and David McCrellis. Hey, thank you so much for supporting us. Honestly, Dork Tales exists because of the support that you bring to us on Patreon. If you want to be like them and help support the channel directly, help keep the lights on, and help keep food on the table of this full-time gig, please go to patreon.com dorktales. By joining, you'll get a ton of additional perks, such as an additional five to six games a month, on top of additional posts, a behind-the-scenes podcast, and more. Thanks so much for everything. And hey, if you want to just spend some time with us, join the Discord. It's free for everybody, and we love having a wonderful and thriving community. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.